I've dreamed about winning it all since I was probably seven years old. We all want respect. You want it from your teammates, from the fans. You want it from other players. I remember seeing Magic win it all. I remember seeing Elijah win it all. I remember seeing Pippen win it all. I remember seeing Jordan I remember seeing Jordan, Jordan I remember seeing Bird win it all. There's so many emotions at the end of a season. And nobody likes to talk about it. But one of them is fear. Fear that you could come this far and it could all end. The dream could die. There's a million ways to get respect. There's only one way to get the kind of respect that's undeniable. The kind they could never take away from you. When And welcome to another edition of the Time Flies podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Dariel. And as you can see, I have two floating heads and I have one <laughs> and I have one mysterious guest. I got many. I got the worlds of Time Flies colliding, my people. I got my guy Micah in the building. You guys know Micah from our from our preview uh, NBA episodes. And I got it. Oh, yes. And no, I must... go ahead, Micah. Go ahead, Micah. Oh, Absolutely. If I may take this time right now, by the way, I'm so glad to be a part of this again. I would no love, to take a, I would love to take a victory lap and really harken back to the preseason when we were making our bold predictions on this very same podcast. When I told you the Dallas Mavericks would miss the playoffs, and That's sure enough, they mm. did That's for many of the same reasons I said. You decided to neglect Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Look what he's doing in New York. That's you also fact. decided to give a lot of money to guys that have never really been proven on a playoff scale and don't really play any defense. So look at what they did. They finished dead last in rebounding rates as they traded for Kyrie Irving. Where'd you, where'd you have them? Do you remember where'd you have them? Look, I had them in the play-in, but I had them losing in the play-in, so they wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. But you get credit. I get credit. I, I bet $10 on them to miss the playoff. <laughs> so I made 200 in return. Hey! Had like- <laughs> Michael on the come up, baby. That's what I'm talking about. And also, also join us. We have a brand new member of the Time Flies podcast. I've known this man for a long time. I got to meet him when I was out in LA, but we just never been able to get him officially on the Time Flies podcast until this moment right now. I got my guy Chris Hall in the building. Chris, what up? What's, what's good, up? boy? What's up, guys? I'm glad to be on for the first time. You know, NBA playoffs coming up, man. Excited. So, the best time of the year. You know what it is. And uh, I should, time. I should, Lakers, should the, you know, <laughs> exactly. I should let the <laughs> listeners and viewers know. Chris Hall, diehard Laker fan, so he will be repping the Lakers. I'm very interested to hear what he said. And for our last guest, we have a special call into the Time Fly studio. <laughs> we got Steph in the building. Steph, what's good? Where are you right now? Yo, I'm just, you know, stuck in some L.A. traffic at the moment. Um, but I'm on my way to my little studio. So halfway <laughs> through, I'm sure you'll be able to see my lovely face and... We'll be able to take it from there. But what's up, man? I'm doing good. You know, it's playoff time again. Uh, my Clippers are in. Oh, that's, good. That's good news. And then uh, we'll make our predictions later. And then Dario could tell us all how much he hates Kawhi. That's a fact. Time. <laughs> that's a fact. Micah, do you do you remember those? Remember in those episodes, I was telling you, and I was getting very adamant that I was like talking to my friend Steph about Kawhi. 
So you're gonna you're gonna be able to see him soon. This is the guy I was telling you about and why Kawhi is not worth all the trouble that they went through. I'm looking forward to being a fly on the wall. I remember you saying in the preseason that this season was title or bust for the LA Clippers. And the here fact. we are essentially having the same discussion that we have had the last four years, which is a question of health, a question of rim protection, and a question of playmaking. They still have not really answered any of those. And unless you're going to get really an outlier performance over the next 20 plus games from Russell Westbrook, they're going to be at home and they're going to be one, two, three, Cancuning it again. Hey, I got Michael on my side. Let's go. Damn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> the, the Clipper slander just continues. Who does Micah support? I need to understand wh- where he's from and wh- who he supports before we start this. Ooh. Okay, so yeah, I must say, preface, I was born in the Bay Area, but I am not a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm actually a Utah Jazz fan. So at this point in the season, I don't really have a Why horse talking, <laughs> oh, because I've lived in Salt Lake City for a lot of my life. Yo, Steph, it's okay, man. Just because he's not on your Clipper bandwagon doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. Okay, he he's, he he knows basketball. He understands what is what it is to invest in, in a player that actually plays and not just creates load management and all that shit. Do you want to just start it off with the Clip series, bro? There, you you seem oh. really. No, 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 no. Come on, you, this is how, no, this is just how I feel. When we get to the Clipper series, then I'm gonna let you rip. I'm gonna let you go, no doubt. But to start off, yeah, let's get into it. Before we get into the playoff picks, what I wanted to do, I wanted to go around the room and just get give our takes about who our MVP is, why I think Embiid is the MVP, and he's averaging coming into the playoffs, he's averaging 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4.2 assists on 54% field goal shooting, which is crazy. He's going to be making half of his shots uh 33 on three point three point field goal so i mean and again i don't like the narrative of like this is his just do i don't want him to get the mvp just because like he's been in second place for the last three seasons behind Jokic, and it's kind of like a charity case no he deserved it he's putting his stamp on the game and let's not forget about that game that he got he had against the nuggets maybe about a month ago where he dropped what 46 something like that on Jokic. at the end of january and then okay, he neglected the second opportunity, which, by the way, I just want to say that Joel Embiid has not played a game in Denver since 2019. Yeah, I, don't I mean, he's running from the too. grind for four years now, but that at least has to count for something. The fact that Jokic mm-hmm. doesn't miss games and well, he'll play in Philly. He's not afraid of the moment. But what well, I will say is this up until the All Star break, we didn't have an MVP conversation because it was silly to have one, and it was obviously going to be Jokic who was running away with it. His team was at on the time, pace right. almost 60 wins. He was on pace to be the third player ever to average a triple-double, first center to do so. Both of those came back to earth after the All-Star break, and I think as a result, he lost the MVP more than Embiid won it. But credit Embiid for taking the crown when it was there for the taking. He will win the MVP award, not just my vote. Almost 80% of the vote is already in in terms of people who have submitted their ballots and well over 70% of him of them have him as their number one. And a couple of things that I want to run through. I was also between Embiid and Jokic one and two, but I just have to stand up a little bit for Giannis. He finished as a distant third, and he finished as a distant third to two players having all-time great seasons. Yeah. Giannis, this season, became the first player since Wilt to average better than 30, 10, and 5 on 60% shoot or 60% true shooting. Yeah. Wilt is the only other player in, in NBA history to have done that. 
and Giannis joined that this season. However, both of the players ahead of him on my ballot, Embiid 1 and Jokic 2, put up even more absurd numbers from a historical standpoint. Throughout NBA history, there's always this player has done this once, and then there's Wilt did it 18 times, basically. Jokic broke Wilt's record this season for most amount of assists total, as well as per game, as well as per 75. But I think losing the triple-double narrative, as well as his team and his own play, really coming back to earth after the break and after his team went up by six games over Memphis for the top seed in the Western Conference, that bit him. Embiid took this crown and really took it and ran with it. 33-10-4 on 64% true shooting. Those numbers have also never been seen since Wilt. And on top of all of that, Mm -hmm. the version of Embiid that we saw over the second half of this season, not only offensively but defensively, was the best player in the league over that span. And while I don't consider him to be the best player overall, MVPs historically have been won over the last two months of the season. Take Charles Barkley, for example. Take Malone in 97. This is another case of one player was way out ahead of the pack and just decided, you know what? Do I really want to win three in a row? Is it just added pressure on me knowing that I'm going to be wholly judged on what happens between April and June in the playoffs? It's a That's fact. What Jokic realized. And I think that he lost this MVP more than Embiid won it, but my vote will go to Joel. Yeah, man. So, Seahaw, if you if you have a pick and you want to let us know what you got. You know what? My my guy, you know, has always been Giannis. You know, he's by far, you know, if the Bucks didn't have him, you know, they would, you know, easily not be in the race. But um, I'm going to give it to Embiid this year. You know, he really fought through at the end to try to really solidify it, um, even though they could have gave it to Jokic. Jokic again, you know, if if he was really, you know, um, on the court, you know, every every game, you know, hooping. Um, but I think he kind of took his his foot off the gas pedal a little bit towards the towards the end. So Embiid took off. Um, but yeah, Embiid definitely deserved it this year. You know, they could have gave it to him last year um, and the year before that. He was in the, the money year, for the last like year. two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Would you have voted for Embiid each of the last two years? Because I think Jokic deservedly won it the last two, but I'm also not going to vote for him this year. Um, mm-hmm. The first season he won it, I believe, I think he deserved it. Last season, I would have given it to Embiid. Yeah, but, you know, the MVP, the MVP award is a tricky one. We have this conversation every single yeah. year. But what does it mean? The most valuable player? Is it the best player? Is it this? Is it that? And then we start getting to semantics. So, like, it go, it's just like it's like an inception. You could go deeper and deeper in talk, talking about the topic of the MVP. But, Seahole, do you want to add anything else to your MB pick for MVP? He's, he's just like Giannis, except for, you know, he just has the upper hand in size. So, I think he's, he's super dominant. You know, nobody could really stop him. Um, and this year, he really Sucks. showed that, you know, his mid-range was just, just dominant, man. He, his post-up, his defense. You know, he was all around just just a stud this year. But uh, last but not least, so we got our guy Steph, and he's been waiting very quietly, very respectfully, not interrupting. Steph, do you have a pick for MVP? Who's your guy? I want to start off. I think regular season awards are meaningless because um, it's just a regular season award. So, But uh, I don't know. I would give it to Giannis, I guess. But Giannis has been kind of melodramatic a lot this season, kind of been acting like a diva. So I'll give it to Embiid. Fuck it. Yeah, no, I, I would like to know some clarification on that. Because when you said you would vote for Giannis, 
is it anything more than just he's the best player in the league and he happens to play on a team with the best record and they won the most with him? Or because I didn't really see anything from Giannis this season, which is crazy to think because I think he's the best player in the league, that made me think, wow, that was one of the more special seasons of his entire career. And even though he became the first player since Will to average 30, 10, and 5 on 60% true shooting, I never really had like a moment where I was watching him and I was like, I'm in complete awe. That's the MVP. The same way that I have thought at times this season from Embiid and Jokic. Yeah, just give it Embiid. He's had he's had a great run, especially the past couple months. And um, like I said, this is kind of a meaningless award to me. Like I think they should. I'm with Max Kellerman. Like they should give an MVP like at the end of the playoffs, or they should have a playoff yeah. MVP, something like that. Um, I mean, regular season now, a lot of stars take half the season off anyway, including my boy Kawhi. So it's yeah, just like I don't know. that's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder why you don't care about regular season awards. Oh my god. They did change the um the you have to play a certain amount of games right to get MVP next year. So I like how oh they, yeah the new CBA agreement. Yeah. Thank God, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like the NBA like I feel like the NBA like they know that it's like a, not even a controversy, but they know it's going to be a topic every single this time of year. It's like, what mm-hmm. does MVP mean? And then that that goes into ratings. That goes into radio ratings. Like everybody talking about it, and they like it. So. But I mean, eventually, I feel like they should get. They should really, really find an answer as far as like, okay, regular season, playoffs, maybe mm-hmm. playoffs and finals MVP. So, um, all right. But now we're gonna get into some picks. Thank you, gentlemen, for giving me your MVP picks. We're gonna find out the answer to that maybe uh, next couple weeks. So now let's get into it. We're gonna start off in the West Coast. We're gonna start off with the number one seed Denver Nuggets versus the winner of the playing game between OKC Thunder and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'll go first, get the party started. I have the Nuggets beating, actually, uh, doesn't matter. I have the Nuggets beating <laughs> the Thunder or the Timberwolves, and I have them winning in five. Um, ideally, I would actually like to see the, the Thunder in the eighth seed because I just want to see SGA in his third playoff appearance. First with the Clippers as a rookie, second in the Houston, not Houston, OKC in the bubble, and this would be his third appearance. And, um, yeah, SGA took that late this year that we all did not see coming. And when he actually did, we started to see how how good of a player he was. And OKC, they finally realized that, they're, uh, that their time, they, they need to rush up the timeline because they can't waste any more SGA seasons. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Chet Holgren was a big part of that plan, but he broke his foot, I believe, last summer. So hopefully next year he'll be able to contribute a lot more to the team. But as far as right now, I just want to see SGA in the spotlight. That's it. I just want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see him because this is the first time that it's actually his team. The mm-hmm. rookie, when he was rookie with the Clippers in the playoffs, he was a rookie. He was under the leadership of Patrick Beverly, Lou Will. This is unequivocally his team. And I want to see if he presents any sort of challenge. I want to see how he reacts to being down 2-0, 2-1. And yeah, so that's my pick. Uh, Micah, one versus eight. Nuggets versus who you got, my boy? I also have the Nuggets beating regardless of who wins tomorrow night, but I do believe Minnesota will get back on track and win that Mm, game. Okay, They'll have Gobert back, which means they're going to have massive physical advantages in the front court. I expect him to dominate the glass on both ends. One of the reasons why last night the Thunder were able to stay so close is because they were relying heavily on guys who are not shooters just to make shots pretty much the entire first half before SGA was able to take over. I don't expect... Lou Dort and Josh Giddy to both have career nights, essentially in back-to-back games, both on the road, both in desperation environments where teams are 
focus solely on slowing down your best players. Even without Jaden McDaniels tomorrow night, SGA might go for 40, but I expect the Timberwolves to get back on track, dominate the glass, and just be a more physically imposing team. Although I will say this, I'm really looking forward to seeing Lou Dort try to beat up Anthony Edwards for 48 minutes. That'll be very fun to watch. Mm, yeah, Lou at the end of the day, down players. Denver is the second best home team in the entire league. They might have the best home court environment at elevation with those how, fans. Michael, how many games? Look, if it's the Thunder who are who win tomorrow night, I expect them to sweep. But if it's the Timberwolves, I'll give them a game and say it's Denver in five. Gentlemen sweep. Okay, okay. You know See, what? Well, I, we got I got, a, I got a uh, slightly just different take. Um, I you know what? I I think like like uh, what Micah said. I think the Timberwolves will get back on track, you know, and and win some games. But I do have uh, Timberwolves, you know, taking Denver in six. Um, Oh wow! Six games. With Gobert back, Um, Anthony Edwards is going to get back on track. You know, he had like what seven or nine points against the Lakers the other night. He played probably his worst game I ever seen him play. Um, So I think he will put up another twenty plus night. um, You know, uh, tomorrow in the playing game, Um, and then uh, Gobert will be a a huge addition back on the defensive track. Um, Cat will will probably you know put up some numbers and. Hopefully they get McDaniel's back, you know, to play a little bit of defense. Um, oh no, McDaniel's is done. He's done, done. Like he broke his hand. He? He's, not, he's not coming oh, back. Okay. He's nowhere, okay. no, nowhere well, that, near close. Okay, okay. So that's that's a big loss. But um, yeah. but they are gonna need like Noel and all the other you know young. They have yeah. They got up. players, yo. They but have they got, players. They could put up points, but they just need that defense to be to be a lot better. You know, to even compete with Denver. Like um, Micah said, you know, Denver is tough at home. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, home environment and, and, you know, they go off at home, so they got to grab a game. You know, if, if they make it after the plan, they got to grab a game in Denver, you know, to even have hope. So um, I got yeah. Denver, Denver winning in six. Um, oh, wait, okay. I thought you said yeah. you had the T-Wolves in six. No, no, uh, I got Denver in six. Yeah. Oh, they were going to so, so, so like a, another game, another game from what you yeah. had. Um, yeah. So, so Hall, you had Timberwolves. I mean, you had, yeah, Timberwolves versus Nuggets. Micah, you mm-hmm. had Timberwolves versus Nuggets. And I didn't really have one specifically. I said, ideally, I would like to see OKC Thunder. But you know what? Damn it. I'm going to pick OKC Thunder because, one, I can't piggybacking off of what Chris, Chris Hall was saying about the Timberwolves. They have um, McDaniels, who's their best perimeter defender. He's out for the rest of the year, breaking his hand over, crying over. I really don't know what the fuck happened. He punched the wall. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah but, like, <laughs> why did he punch the wall? Was it a bad call? Was he frustrated with himself? Or, like... I don't know. I think he was frustrated. And and they said he led uh, all of college last year in technicals, which was unbelievable. And he oh, transitioned so. that, that same attitude into the league, which is, you know, you got to change that. So now they're suspending the players on the Timberwolves. You know, if they make it farther, you know, they're suspending them now for um, for getting technicals and stuff. So, mm. well, yeah, I mean, there is essentially mm-hmm. a quote unquote three strikes policy over a seven yeah. game series, which is three technicals. Then you're suspended for a game. Two flagrant fouls in the same series also costs you a game. If one of them is a flagrant two, costs yeah, you another so, game. Yeah. So it's the league just, is yeah, basically yeah. cracking down on just boneheaded plays that, quite frankly, don't really help your team in any way. It's just a way mm-hmm. of just lashing yeah. out and showing frustration. Yeah, that McDaniels punch to the wall or whatever he punched, that was just so idiotic. But another reason mm-hmm. why I'm taking OKC is because, man, last year seeing Cat in the playoffs versus Memphis in the first round – 
that really that really just turned my opinion on him. Like, dog, like he just wasn't smart. His basketball Wait, did he, he, was did like he play bad last year because I remember didn't didn't they give him a run? They gave the the Grizzlies a run, right? Yeah, was they it, won like, they, six or seven. No, nah, Grizzlies won in seven. But if you okay. watch the games, the cat hat was in foul trouble. He was making terrible mm-hmm. decisions, and it was just like. It's like this guy is in a conversation for being top three power forwards in the league. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get into the playoffs and it's his team. Ant Man last year was yeah. a rookie, I believe, or two seasons ago, yeah. whatever. It's his team and it still is. Yeah. And you're making boneheaded plays like that. Like, I just don't like the way he carries himself during the playoffs. And again, I want to see SGA yeah. and I want to see SGA in the playoffs. So, okay. all right, gentlemen, that's one versus eight in the West Coast. We're going to go a little West Coast to East Coast action. You feel me? We're going to do the same thing. The one seed versus the eighth seed in the, in the East. So the one seed Milwaukee Bucks versus the winner of the Chicago Bulls or the Miami Heat. Micah, I'm going to let you go first, my boy. Who you got? I'm sticking with the Bulls tomorrow night. Again, I think this is one of those games that I'm going to watch, but also just be thinking in the back of my mind, does it really matter who wins? Because I expect the Bucks to just trounce whoever wins tomorrow night. Both of the teams who are playing tomorrow night are anemic on the three-point line. One of the reasons why Miami, and really their sole reason why they just crashed back to earth this year, last mm-hmm. year they were relying on guys who are not particularly good shooters and playmakers in order to finish way more than their career averages. And then this season they just came back to earth in the exact wrong direction. And you saw it pretty much on full display against Atlanta. They oh, lost yeah. the three-point margin. They didn't have guys to clean up on the back end, and they were getting killed on the glass. Chicago, contrary to what Laker fans would have you to believe, Chicago has actually been the number one defense since the All-Star break, and (laughs) they found a way to really slow down the Raptors. I expect them to go into Miami and silence the heat culture one last time, and then we're just going to be having a long, really bad, really... Hard-fought discussion, I guess, this offseason with the Heat, which was, why did you strike out in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes? If you Mm. had him over Tyler Hero, would we be having a completely different conversation? But, again, I think that the Bucs will – I think the Bucs are going to sweep whoever wins tomorrow night, but I think Chicago will pull off the upset. Okay, so you got Chicago winning tomorrow, and you got the Bucks versus Chicago, and you got Bucks in four in that series. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, before before we move on, uh, Steph has joined the building. Steph, was good, boy? How you doing? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah we're all good. Yeah, we're all good. So, yo, Perfect. Steph, right now, right now, we just got finished doing the one versus eight seed in the West Coast, the, mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets versus the winner of OKC Thunder or Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give us your pick? Who do you have winning tomorrow, OKC or Timberwolves? And then... The winner of that going against the Nuggets, who do you got? Uh, I got OKC winning tomorrow. I think the emotional um, impact of that terrible loss by the Timberwolves, they had every opportunity to win that game, and they just could not. It was so frustrating. Um, so I just think I just think they're not – and something's wrong with that eight seed. Every, every year in the West, whoever has that eight seed just doesn't make it. Um, mm. So, yeah, I got, I got OKC uh, beating Minnesota – and then um, against Denver, I want to say five, but I like my boy Shea, so I'm going to say six. 
So I'm going to say Denver in six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I, yo, you, yo, you keep giving me ammo. Stop. You keep giving what? me ammo. Why what you, ammo? The ammo is, why are you doing this to yourself? Why, you, why do you want to watch SGA fucking succeed in the playoffs and keep watching? Because that's, that's my boy regardless. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's bro, I'm, I'm not the one who was in the front office who made the decision to trade him. Like, yeah, that's not are. on me. You are tech, you are no, I'm not. That's not me, bro. All the fucking time. That's not me. Look, you can ask Santiago. He is my witness, bro. When I heard about the trade for Paul George um, that night, he's the one who told me, he's like, yo, you guys just got Paul George. You traded for him. And I was like, well, who did we give up? I was like, fuck, like, do we yeah, give up reason, SGA? That, if it was up to time, me, dog. look, look, I'm going to explain it. If it was up to me, I would have kept SGA and had him run with Kawhi with whoever was on the team back then. I think Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, um, whoever. Yeah. The thing is, like, Kawhi, he, he literally, like, held a gun to the Clippers' head and said, if you don't get Paul George, I'm going to go to the Lakers. Like if yeah. the Clippers fumbled the bag on that, if they if they let Kawhi walk across the hall and join AD and LeBron, it just they they just couldn't let that happen, man. It was no. like they couldn't let that happen, so they had to do whatever they they, they needed to to get Paul George because that's what Kawhi was requesting. Yes, All I right? understand. But listen, man, the reason why I'm so upset with you and, and your fucking organization is because you guys fucking gave up the house for Paul George. Paul George is not. In my eyes, I've never seen him as being that missing piece. Kawhi, okay, cool. He's coming off a championship with Toronto, and okay, cool. Kawhi has the Lakers, the Clippers uh, organization just just controlling. Oh, yeah. I get it, but it's the thing is that like, in order to, to give up everything you have for Paul George, it's like if you gave up everything you had for I don't know who was available at the time, somebody. But I know for a fact there was maybe a, maybe one or a t- couple of other players that I would have given all of that stuff up, um, in order to get that player. Paul George to me like. In that moment, I agree. He, he didn't really do but, enough, and I, I hey, wasn't ecstatic. I wasn't ecstatic when we got him, Chris. Dario. I know you love Paul George. Man, so go hey, ahead, defend I, your boy. I know, man, because <laughs> I, I remember always telling Dario back in the bonus room, man, Paul George is my guy, and he was dominating this year for the Clippers. If Kawhi didn't is a strong word, bro. Look, no, but no, he dominated. I'm telling you, he was putting up plenty of forty point games this year, thirty point games. He carried the load, man, until Kawhi got back. He carried That's the great. load, and I and honestly, I felt he played better than Kawhi this year. That's my great. Right hey, what, what, is, what have you done in the playoffs, though? But it's dumb. It doesn't nah, matter. Come on, they, bro. They Look, it hasn't- Paul George. Paul George. Like, regardless of what you think about him, and even what I think of him, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I can live with that decision because Paul George willed the Clippers team two seasons ago past the number one seed Utah when everyone was picking Utah, and Kawhi went down in Game Five that I was at, Game Four that I was at. Paul George, game five, went into Utah, went fucking off, got the win in a hostile environment. Game six, came back. I think the Clippers were down by like 20 plus points. And yeah, Paul that George was and one Trey, of the greatest shooting variance performances I've ever seen. Yeah. Essentially, and the Terrence Jazz, Mann the brought first, him back and the they Jazz won. The Jazz scored 70 in the first half. And it didn't really matter because Reggie Jackson basically could just shoot it with his eyes closed and it was going in from half court. Listen, man, Paul, yo, playoff. I'm not even gonna call him that. Paul George yeah, redeemed himself. <laughs> Paul George redeemed himself in last playoffs, and he redeemed himself for what the fuck happened in the bubble. Again, we're gonna forget what happened in the bubble. Three one, Denver. Don't get it twisted, bro. Kawhi's at four two. You cannot be up three one. I know, every- but like everyone, like every bro, everyone like like dismisses the bubble, you know, and like I just they can't dismiss that though. And it's like, bro, like they were playing in a fucking. 
uh, AAU gym in Orlando. But like even if the Clippers won, I, I will not allow you to take away the bubble success. First off, the bubble showed off the greatest. I, I'm somebody who just loves basketball, and I would love to know what it's like to watch the greatest players in the world essentially play pickup at just your local gym. That's what the bubble was. It showed off the greatest offensive, essentially, chunk of time in NBA history, first off. And then from a Lakers standpoint, I know that you'll be able to jump in here shortly, Chris. Mm -hmm. Trying to diminish what happened in the bubble is essentially an anti-Lakers take from pretty much any standpoint, because home court advantage would have been the Lakers in the Western Conference. It was stripped away from them. They were the number one defense in the playoffs that year by a mile. The Clippers, the same problems that they had that entire season, somehow got swept under the rug for whatever reason. And I was basically just sounding everybody's alarm. I was like, look, I know you have two alleged elite wings. You have all this switchable talent defensively, but there's still no rim protection and still no above average point guard to help you essentially play make in tough playoff situations, which the playoffs essentially are entirely based on when a play breaks down in the half court, do you have enough guys in order to help navigate you out of shitty situations? That's what the Clippers struggled with the entire year. So the Lakers essentially took the bubble as an opportunity to say, you know what? We'll beat you anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. We're too physical. We're the best defense. And it doesn't matter if we don't shoot the ball well in a shooter's league. We're just too big and strong, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. I mean, that's great, but the bubble's not the NBA every year. You know, like they didn't have real fans. They didn't have to travel on a flight. They the went Bucks back to won a the following year room. with the same formula. Like, the Bucks were not a good shooting team. Yeah, but we're talking about like the atmosphere of the games. Like they're playing in a bubble. Like it doesn't. Like it, I don't know. And they had a three month um, break in between the bubble and the when the pandemic started and ended the regular season. Like everything lined up the Lakers' way for them to win that championship. Nobody knows if AD and LeBron would have stayed healthy and made it through the playoffs if there was no pandemic. Because they cared about the regular season. But Micah, nobody had the home court. Yeah, nobody had the home court. They're playing in the AAU gym with fake crowd noise and people on Zoom and, and and the screens right behind them, like. I mean, you can call it a bubble whatever you want. It's going to be an asterisk forever, and there's going to be uh, a very deep divide on people who consider it legitimate and people who don't consider it legitimate. Because I've made this argument again, even if the Clippers don't blow that lead and they win that championship, the narrative against the Clippers in the NBA, eh, what the Lakers are experiencing with the bubble, if the Clippers would have won the championship, everyone would be dismissing this championship like everybody like everyone would say that wasn't a real championship i definitely disagree because when i talk about lebron james one of the first things i say is he's a four-time champion and nobody scoffs at that they don't say oh he's a three because he's proven outside the bubble uh micah i don't think you ever brought that up with me but i i I hate i don't hate people wow that's too much but like i think mj's the goat and the reason why mj's the goat to me over lebron's because 6-0 versus what four and six four and seven whatever his finals record is and I know the, the finals is not all one person, but like when you are the guy on the team and you reach a championship, you're the person to put the foot on the, the foot on the throw, uh, the foot on their necks to 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 win the championships. And LeBron, he has six losses. I get it. But 
Whatever. Gentlemen, let, let's also, take... Hold on. One more, one, more, one more thing about the Lakers and their legitimacy of their championship. If the Lakers were that legitimate, they wouldn't the following year have had to fight for their lives in the play-in. Like, they would, like, if they were that legitimate of a championship team, there would have been some sort of, like, dynasty. And there wasn't. The following year, they had a okay, terrible season. When... I, I will not allow you... Look, I'm not a Lakers fan, but you're spewing a lot of pretty wrong <laughs> takes right now. Look... Why was that a wrong take? The they, they had a fight for their lives against Golden State. Like they the won the championship with below. They won the championship with below average shooting. They won the championship in essentially a one-time thing where their formula was not really sustainable over multiple seasons. Yeah, the way it was the just the, the one, one or two. This years. is a shooters' yeah. league, which means that you're going to have a lot of shooting variants up and down. One of the reasons why Golden State is the highest floor team is because even when their shooting goes down in the wrong way in variance, they still have the best shooters, so their average is going to be higher than everybody else's. The Milwaukee Bucks won the following year with almost the same formula, which is we don't have a whole lot of great shooters on the team, but we are going to dominate in the half-court defensively, and we're going to win in, in transition offensively. Listen, so, Michael. I, I, the other thing that I think you're probably overlooking is by a team having to play all the way into October – in the NBA finals, they were going to have to essentially work their ass off in the offseason, which was much more shortened. And for a team led essentially by a 35 year old LeBron, it was really a lot to ask on him. And really, it was an Anthony Davis injury situation that stopped them from being in the top three to four seeds in the Western Conference. I don't think there was a single team that year and certainly not one of the older teams in the league, the Lakers, that were going to have an amazing season the following year when they had the shortest offseason in NBA history. We good? It's still an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> no, Steph, I'm with you, bro. Like, I, th- I think it's an asterisk. Like, listen, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you, you could dismiss it, but I think, like, every time someone brings up that championship, you could always, like, give them a little bit of a side eye. That's the much I – won't, I, won't I won't say that it's not yeah. valid. I will never say that, but I will give them it's a little – It's still hanging in like, the rafters. It's on yeah, Wikipedia. 100%. Like, it's a championship, but at the end of the day, it's like – yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're probably going to get into this more when we get to the Clippers series and also the Lakers series. But, Steph, you gave us the one versus 18 in the West. And now we just see Hall or Micah. I mm-hmm. forgot which one. They just finished giving the one versus 18 in the East. So it's the Milwaukee Bucks versus the winner of Ch- Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat tomorrow night. Uh, who do you have winning tomorrow night? And then who do you have winning against the Bucks when they go- face off in the series? I'd like to see Chicago win because my boy Pat Bev. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, Miami, they should win that game, right? Like, I don't know what's up with Miami this year. I, I, I know. Our Shout out Reed, boys boy. And Trent, mm-hmm. I know they're saying like shooting is an issue, but I thought they had a bunch of shooters. I thought that's something they were good at. Um, so <laughs> that I don't is know. something Bat- that they were good at last year. And it's one of the reasons yeah. why they finished as well as they did. We talked about this year, Micah. Relying what happened to Duncan Robinson? They were relying, on, Robinson? Robinson? No, they were relying on a bunch of guys that. Essentially, way above their career averages. Russ, yeah, which one of the rules them. of averages is you're always, at the end of the day, likely going to average your average. So it came back in the exact wrong direction this season. And defensively, the Miami Heat didn't guard the three-point line as well as they have in the past. So they were basically losing the three-point margin every single game. And when you don't have enough interior scoring to be, say, the Lakers that have LeBron and AD that can make up for some of those other deficiencies on the outside, you're not going to win that many games in this league. So, Steph, you had uh, uh, you said you would like to see um, Chicago? Chicago. Um, if I had to put money on it, I'd say Miami, though. 
Um, well, you got to you got to pick one, boy. Fuck. I'll go Chicago. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, I'll go Chicago, okay. and then Chicago gets a gentleman sweep against Milwaukee. So in five, um, I would have liked to. Have you mean you mean you mean Milwaukee? You mean Milwaukee gentleman sweep over? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry if I misspoke. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, Milwaukee okay. gentleman sweep over Chicago in five. Um, but no, I would have liked to have treat and read on because at this point yeah. it's like the Jimmy Butler's old, and like it looks like this team is in no man's land. And so I'm wondering is like is it time to move on from Spolstra or keep the coach and just get a new team and start over? Like I'm curious what the Miami Heat fans would want from their team because right now they're just in no man's land. They had right. that great run in the bubble that we were kind of like a March Madness team, and they had mm-hmm. the heartbreaker of the Eastern Conference Finals last season. So I don't know. I just feel like the Miami Heat they're just like in no man's land, and I mean, but they have Spolstra, but some people think they should move on, have a yeah, new I mean- like fresh, you know. Um, yeah, the rumor is the real. The rumor because Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard yesterday or two days ago, he said that it's, it's, this is time to talk to the organization and see what, what's really going to happen because things might change. The rumor is that he might something with Miami. He might go to Miami or he he'll get Butler to get to go to Portland. I don't know what, how much that changes, but now I feel he wants like to chase rings, huh? Huh? Oh yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> that's just the rumor that I've been seeing on the internet and stuff. Um, Okay, so you got Chicago winning tomorrow, and then you got the Bucks sweep over Chicago. See, Hall, did you give your pick for this already? No, no. I, so I'm gonna go with Chicago too. I think they'll, okay. um, yeah, they'll win tomorrow. Um, just because you know Jimmy Butler, it seems like he's the only one scoring for him. You know, um, uh, what's, well, his, Kyle what's his went name? Off. Kyle Lowry went off too. But you know who's yeah. been a disappointment is uh, is Autobio, Man, he uh, he hasn't been scoring you know a whole lot for him lately. Um, but they, but he has to show up tomorrow for them to, to win. They need at least 20 out of them. I, I feel for them to win. Um, Chicago, I, uh, DeRozan should put up numbers tomorrow. Um, and Levine as well. And Butrovic, they got, they got a good, a good team over there in Chicago. They just haven't figured it out yet. Um, and that, that Lonzo ball injury fucked them up, bro. Yeah. Like that, um, yo, they were doing so fucking well with Lonzo. So, uh, my bad, Chris. I interrupted. So, if you want to, keep no, going. no. So, so I got a. Uh, but the, the Chicago I got my, have like a top twenty player. No. Well, so like not, they're never gonna I do anything. Think about it. Okay, think about let it. me interject exactly really quickly on Chicago. The biggest problem with Chicago is just their neglect of the three point line. They've put together a team full of pull up jump shooters that aren't really in the same class as pretty much every team that they're going to have to beat. They take the fewest amount of threes in the entire league. They make the fewest amount and they're inherently reliant on getting to the rim and getting to their spots in the mid range. They're also a team that doesn't get to the free throw line as much. So if you ever have a night when you're not crisp in pretty much all of your executions from inside the arc, you're losing some of the most coveted shots in the entire league. And just from a purely math standpoint, you have to be, pretty much perfect in order to overcome some of those deficiencies. And look, they can have nights when Levine and DeRozan are both hot, but unless that's the case, you're going to lose against better teams. All right. So I'll go. Um, I have the Bucks. Um, I got Chicago winning tomorrow night because the, the Heat, I don't know. They've just been looking really weird lately. A lot of bad body language. I don't know what's going on with the team. Like It just looks like they're not together like they were last year. Um, and again, the Jimmy, not the Jimmy Butler, just the whole organization is looking like, okay, what are we going to do? So I got Chicago over Miami tomorrow night. I'm sorry, Trey and Reed, shout out to you guys. We wanted you on the podcast, but shit happens. Um, and then Chicago versus Bucks. I'm going to give a gentleman sweep Bucks over Chicago. 
Um, listen, last was it, yeah, last season the Bucks beat the Bulls in a gentleman's sweep, and it was because Zach Levine was playing through injury. But like, I feel like that's the, the I, I feel like that's the news on Zach Levine every season. Is like, is his knee healthy? Like, he's just high flyer. He's one of the best underrated players in the league. But he but he can't show it because he's because he's injured. And then like now uh, the game against Toronto, I heard someone when they were announcing it, they were just saying how Zach Levine feels like he's hundred percent and he's very confident in his knee. So if he's confident in his knee, I want to see it. I want to see him actually ball out. I want no excuses. I want to hear that you're healthy. And I want to, I want to see you. I want to see you in the spotlight without having any excuses of like, I'm injured. I'm hurt. I was playing through something. And hopefully, hopefully it could go six because I could see Chris Middleton is not, he's, he just hasn't been himself this year. It's very inconsistent because of injuries. Um, so, I mean, I, they need Chris Middleton in order to be himself, in order to win a championship, in my opinion. So, if he's not healthy and if he doesn't seem like his old self, I think the Bulls could push it to six. But for, for now, I have the Bucks in a gentleman's sweep. Um, okay. So, now we're going to move back to the West Coast. We're going to go for the four, five, top Ooh. half, the, four, four, five in the top half of the bracket. So, we got the Phoenix Suns versus the LA Clippers. Let's mm. go. Steph, this is you, baby. All you. You go first. Red carpet. Man, there's a lot of talk about like how they should probably should have lost that last game against the Suns. So they would have been the sixth seed and they could play the Sacramento Kings and be on like the easier side of the bracket. Because obviously on this side, you have the Suns who now everyone's picking the Suns with Kevin Durant. And then also, even if you get past the Suns, you got the Denver Nuggets who, you know, are the number one team in the West and have Joker and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So uh, it's definitely the the tougher road to the Western Conference Finals. Do you um, have confidence sh- in your team or not, bro? Uh, okay, so... Don't dance around the question. Come on. Do you have confidence in the Clippers it, or it, not, dog? From a completely analyst point of view, um, I would probably say, the way, based off the way things have gone this season for the Clippers, I would say Suns and Six. Um, but the fan in me... Look, whenever the Clippers are doubted, for whatever reason, that's when they play their best. Um, You know, they've been doubted in a lot of series in the past. They were doubted against the Dallas Mavericks, both series in the bubble and then in the series the following season. Um, And they won in both those series. They were doubted against Utah when Utah was the number one seed. They won that series. Um, So I just think whenever they have low expectations, they tend to, like, do really well. and whenever they have high expectations and everyone's picking them, they just, they shit the bed. So I don't know what it is, but no, I mean, from an analyst point of view, I would probably pick the Suns in six. We're not sure what what's going to happen with Paul George. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, we want to, oh, it's an injury, injury every, see, it's a, it's, it's yeah, an injury. But, you, but see, God, at the same time, D, like your, your favorite player, Kevin Durant gets hurt in the layup line. So it's kind of like, bro, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. You really come, you know, uh, really though, like, come but on. it's true. But it's that true. was a good one. Steph. Yeah. That was a good one. Was but it's true because cool he because he hates on PG and Kawhi, calling them injury prone. You hate on AD, but KD's damn near the same thing. And guess what, D? Guess who played more games this season? Who Kawhi played more games? Oh, again. he did. He did. He did I will for like the that. second year in a row. <laughs> come on, man! Like, Congra- congratulations for being an actual NBA player and playing games. I'm sorry that I'm just I'm, saying, bro. I'm all the criticisms you have against Kawhi, you should really point also at KD. I'm just saying, keep it fair. I agree no, with you on all well, those criticisms. The, I don't want KD, him to load manage, but obviously exactly. he's coming off a Tory ACL, and the doctors, the Clipper doctors, and Kawhi didn't want him 
they want to play him back to back. So, and look, another thing is also scheduling. Kawhi didn't play a single back to back. Guess who had the most back to backs this season for the second year in a row? You guys, the Clippers. Mm, yes, the Clippers. Okay, interesting. Guess who had the least back to backs for like the third year in a row? The Lakers. Dude, if you look at the playoff schedule. We have a game every other fucking day through the first four games. Hey, hey, We're Stephon. literally every other series in the NBA has at least two days off between one of the games through one and four. The Lakers, bro, if you look at Saturday's schedule, the Clippers play their game four at home at 12.30 p.m. on Saturday uh, the 21st, I think, and or the 22nd. And the Lakers play their game three at 7 p.m. that same night. The Clippers would have played four full playoff games before the Lakers even tip off their game three the kings and the warriors who are literally like an hour away from each other by car by plane it's probably like 20 minutes they have the most amount of rest days in their series like i'm telling you this baby the nba has against the clippers is just ridiculous because the scheduling has always worked against us it's always worked against us but stefan didn't we didn't we play you guys in the regular season off of back-to-back so yeah, just, bro, it, one back-to-back. You know how many times but, we played the Lakers off our own back-to-backs, <laughs> but we never make excuses? Like, yeah, we had three days off, but we had so many days off in, like, the end of the season because we had the most we, – we played the most games out of the entire NBA prior to the All-Star break. Like, we played the most games out of everyone prior to the All-Star where everyone else had two, three days off all the time. We were playing back-to-backs multiple times in January, December, and February. And that's why Kawhi missed a lot of these games. It's because he didn't play a single back-to-back until, I think, the final back-to-back of the season, which was the last two games. Yeah, so, that's, that's oh, man, always yeah, against us. Just, it's a narrative that nobody wants to talk about, but I'm going to fucking talk about it. Because nah, Adam you know Silver what? loves yeah. the Warriors and loves the Lakers and gives them all this time off in their playoff series, and we have to play every other fucking night. It's crazy. No, nah, no, nah, you should, you should, you should bring that up, and I'm not, I'm not gonna fault you for that. But it's just the Clippers, man. The Clippers don't know how to fucking like everybody says. The Clippers will clip. It's just like they just because they, bro, they give us every reason to clip. No, man. Steph, they give no, us Steph, no advantage. Like I said, the Clippers clip. They have bad luck, but sometimes they bring on their own bad luck, like signing Kawhi, who was, in, in my opinion, injury prone. Mm-hmm. I would, I would have. I would not going to sign Kawhi after that season. You know what? You are right because after that season, he went to Toronto. I get it. He had all the leverage. Okay, cool. But then to mortgage the future on fucking Paul George, like that's a Clipper move, bro. I get it. You didn't want to do it. You wanted to hold on to it. Whatever. But still, you guys did it, which everyone knew for Paul George. Not everybody, but basketball heads knew that Paul George was not mm-hmm. it. Anyway, what we didn't talk about, what I always wanted to talk to you about, is the fucking Westbrook trade. Tell me what it, what were your feelings when it happened, and tell me your feelings going into this playoff series with Westbrook. Are you trustworthy? I want to go. I want to go next on this. I will let Steph go first, but I have a lot to say on the Westbrook trade. All right, bet Steph. Red carpet this is the first time I'm hearing you talk about the Westbrook trade and your whatever. Just let me go. Well, I, I I messaged uh, you and Santiago on our Instagram group chat because I felt like the Clippers panicked at the trade deadline. Like I'm a huge fan of Luke Kennard. I'm a huge fan. Like mm. for whatever reason, Tyloo wasn't playing him. He wasn't. He wasn't in the rotations for whatever reason. Apparently, it was an issue because every time we gave him the ball, he wouldn't shoot. And Tyloo was like, "Yo, fucking shoot! That's what we're paying you to do." And he would just like pass it. So they traded him for Eric Gordon, and Eric Gordon's another old slow player who, yeah, he can get hot and shoot it really well, but he's just like Norman Powell. They're basically the same player. So I don't know why you trade Luke Kennard, who I think who's balling on the Grizzlies right now, and who had, I think, the the highest three-point percentage again this season in the NBA. Um, I thought that was a very panicked move. And then 
I mean, John Wall wasn't didn't work out, so whatever. They got rid of him, and we got um, Bones Highland, who I like, and then we got Mason oh, yeah. Plumley, who we needed a backup big to back up Zoo. As far as Westbrook, man, I don't know, man. There's something about that guy that just has bad luck. He <laughs> did not do well in his first five, six games with us. He blew a game against the Kings where he turned over the ball. Um, lately, he's been doing better. Um, especially since PG has been out, um, he's kind of stepped up and kind of has sort of returned to, yeah. to old form Russ. But going into the playoffs, I'm excited to see because honestly, this is Russell Westbrook's last chance to really get a shot at the title. I don't know what happened to them after this season. I think if we lose in the first round, I don't think we're bringing him back. I don't know who's going to sign them. I don't know what contender will have used for him. So I think this is his last shot and we'll see what he does. Um, are you leaning more towards like trusting Westbrook coming up in these playoffs, or are you leaning more towards like? Fuck? I don't think we have a choice. Kawhi can't. Do, he can't beat the Suns by himself. That's a He's going to need another prolific mm-hmm. scorer, and that's going to have to come from Westbrook. So, yeah, man. either him or Norman Powell. But Norman Powell is so Powell. like inconsistent. Like he'll have great games, but then he'll have terrible games, and he's a liability on defense. Or I like Westbrook a little bit more on defense than I do Norman Powell. Yeah, so, man. It's just like you see your roster is like you, okay, Kawhi, cool, and then Bones Highland coming off the bench. Uh, Paul George, cool, and then you got Norman Powell who's inconsistent. It's like a highlight, a low light, highlight, low light, and then another thing is, yo, I've been wanting to ask you this, Zubach, like the Mason Plumlee pickup. I think that was a great um, backup big pickup. Yeah, we I need like Mason Plumlee. He's athletic. He's agile. He gets up and down the floor. I've always loved him as a player. Fucking Zoo, man. Like, I don't know what this guy, bro. Like, I get it. He puts he puts everybody in the rim. He just dunks everything. I love that from a big. But, like, I don't know, man. It's just, like, I don't I don't feel it. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with Zoo. But this year, I've really grown to love him a lot. He's a great rebounder. He is a good rim protector. He's not elite. Um, but I think he'd be a starter on any other NBA team. I, I would think he's a – I would confidently say he's a top 10 center in the league right now. Um, I like him. I think, yeah, he has bad games, but really his bad game is when he's just fatigued because Zoo doesn't load manage. He plays every game. He's like one of the only Clippers that suits up every night, um, even through injury. He'll suit up through injury. He was dealing with a quad earlier this year, and he played through it. So I think now with Mason Plumley, he'll have less of those bad games because he won't be as fatigued. We would literally play him sometimes the entire second half because our – Second, our our backup big was I forgot his name, but he was Moses Brown. He was alright, but he wasn't really that good. And then when you had a, a a lineup of of Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, Kawhi, PG, and like Terrence Mann, it just wouldn't work because Morris has been awful since January. Morris has been terrible. Um, he's been a liability on defense, been horrible at shooting. It's just not the Morris that has been like clutch for us in the past couple seasons. So he's been terrible. And this is another thing. Ty Lue also should be put on the hot seat because he had this amazing roster that was supposed to have all this depth. And he it's like he still hasn't figured out the rotations. And he kept he was so um, stubborn about leaving Morris as a starter until he finally removed him in like late March and replaced him with Nick Batum. It took him three whole months of bad data from Marcus Morris for Ty Lue to finally be like, all right, we'll make the switch. Like it was just... Ty Lue's been very suspect this season. I don't know. Apparently, like you sent me that video, he lost all these family members in like a period of a couple weeks or a month. Like, oh, I don't yeah, know, man. He's just, he's just, he's just, his rotations have been really bad. And I just think he plays a lot of the older players and the older players can't keep up with the young teams like 
the Kings and we would have bad losses against the Pelicans and the Timberwolves and all these young teams because the old guys would get off to such a bad start because they just they they didn't come with that pace where you should have been having like Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, Amir Coffey or Luke Kennard who can kind of bring that pace up and then I don't know bringing the old guys he honestly reminds me a lot of Doc Rivers bro I'm like what the fuck happened like when did we get Doc Rivers 2.0 so I mean, he well, was anyway, assistant forever. Yeah, he, yeah, he so, learned from Doc, so he's gonna be a similar coach. Yeah. Well, like right, I said, when Clippers are doubted, we can do great things. So don't be surprised if we beat the Suns. Okay, so as I look at this series against the Suns, obviously from a Clippers standpoint, the best thing you can do, honestly, is to make this series as disgusting to watch as possible. If you make this series into a who essentially has the less worse of the entire night then you actually do have a chance and what that really preys upon though from a matchup standpoint the phoenix suns since they acquired kevin durant their lineup of paul booker durant josh okogi and deandre ayton has murdered the entire league during that time they've been the number two offense and the number one defense when all those guys have been on the court at the same time And one of the reasons why is because they really have not played any teams that have had professional shooters all over the floor. If you do get a series where Russell Westbrook essentially catches a heater and he is putting pressure on the rim every single time down the floor, the Clippers roster, one of the reasons why Russ works much better for them than he does for the Lakers is because Russ has been at his best in his career when he's been surrounded by professional shooters and play finishers versus the Lakers where you don't really have much shooting and they essentially relied on just being bulldozers and bigger and stronger. The Suns are a team that is susceptible to essentially being bullied on the inside, and one of the reasons why the Clippers are kind of dangerous is because they have guys who can shoot the ball as well as attack closeouts and finish at the rim. So if you do get a series where essentially Zubat outplays DeAndre Ayton, you're going to get a series where the Clippers can damage the glass and you can also essentially, you're still looking at an uphill battle most likely, but outside of the guys that start for the Phoenix Suns, I'm not sure they really have anybody else on that roster who would essentially get any minutes for the Clippers, for example. And over the course of a seven game series, you can find ways to slow down either Durant or Booker, and then you just kind of hope that they don't both kill you on the same night. You're not going to get a bad shooting night from both of them in the same game. It's just not going to happen. But one of the reasons why the Suns are kind of susceptible is because they don't have any bench. They're susceptible to getting beat on the backside, and they're entirely reliant on mid-range pull-ups. They shoot the most mid-range pull-up twos in the entire league, and they shoot the fewest amount of free throws. So on any given night, if you do have a Ty Lue coaching masterpiece, you can switch everything. You can get multiple defenders and closeouts on every side. You can make Durant see a ton of different bodies. And in theory, I think this could be a Robert Covington and Terrence Mann kind of series where you see them a little bit more. If the Clippers are going to lean into, we need Kawhi to score 40 every game until Paul George hopefully returns midway through the series, and you essentially get a Russell Westbrook getting DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble kind of a series. Ivica Zubats also damaging him on the backside. That would be the way that I could see this happening. Because, look, when the Suns have had their starters on the floor, they've killed everybody. 
but they have really struggled when you don't have Durant, Booker, or Paul. When it's only been two out of the three of them with this current roster, they've actually struggled. So if you can get any night when DeAndre Ayton gets into foul trouble and you're able to prey upon a colder shooting night from one out of Durant or Booker, you can hang with them because they don't get to the free throw line and they shoot some of the most difficult shots in the league over and over and over again. I think that's something that could potentially work to the Clippers' advantage, but I'm not going to pick them, especially without Paul George for the entire series. It kind of bums me out because, in theory, this series should be a really fun matchup if Paul George were fully healthy because I If Paul George was healthy, if Kawhi was healthy, if... I, 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 I get the caveats, And KD might, might not make it through the series, bro, the way he's and fucking getting hurt. KD's man. injuries are fluke injuries, bro. Fluke. Yeah, the layup line is super They're, fluky, bro. That's a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> bro, it was a wet spot, bro. The OKC player kind of got under Paul George when he was landing, man. That's no, a fluky injury, too. No, that's that, not on him. No, I understand that. No, I understand that. I'm just saying that Katie's injuries, literally someone's rolling into him or a wet spot on the floor where he rolled his ankle. Correct. This this past injury of Paul George, yeah, he just landed funny. But it's just like, it's Paul George, and, and he plays for the Clippers. It's like, of course it would happen. And I, I'm not blaming it, but it's just like, you can't you can't not see it. But anyway, Micah, sorry. Look, go ahead. All I'm saying, I'm loving, look, I, I'm loving that all the analysts and everyone's picking against the Clippers. I'm telling you, they play their best. And Ty Lue coaches his best when nobody picks him. I agree with you with Rocco. I think Rocco could be a huge contributor to the series, but Ty Lue doesn't fucking play him. Like, yeah, what do you play he him? barely plays him. And it's so Rocco, frustrating. Are, the playoffs are a different animal. And the playoffs. I hope so. Are they are a different animal. This I know. I also know that Ty Lue is no stranger to benching a guy for an entire series because they just don't fit the mold of what we need to do to try and stop the other team as well as attack on the other end. If the Clippers are going to win one of the first two before Paul George is hopefully able to return when they come back home for game three, it'll be because Kawhi caught fire and the Suns... I would assume that the Suns probably keep as much of the load off of Kevin Durant as they can because he's still kind of coming back from an injury and they'll put Josh Okogie on Kawhi Leonard. But I would assume that the Clippers also do kind of the same thing on the other end, which is if Josh Okogie shoots 10 threes, we'll live with it. If he makes five of them, then we're not going to have a chance to win anyway. But we will just dare him to shoot every time that he catches the ball. And he knows that he has to take those shots because teams are kind of known for in the playoffs, which is defending four out of five guys. If you ever have a guy that's on the floor that's not a big, that can't shoot, that guy's going to be dared to shoot it. The playoffs are not about your weaknesses. The playoffs are whether about are your strengths strong enough to overcome your weaknesses, which the Suns are a team that have really, really strong habits with their starting lineup but they don't really have anybody else outside of that. And if you can bully them, you can really bully them because they are undersized and they're foul happy. And they also don't shoot free throws on the other end. So what's the, what's the projection return for Paul George stuff? Do you know? Well, he's shooting shots in the gym uh, since yesterday. Every day he's been shooting shots. His injury occurred uh, three weeks from this Tuesday. So by the time we play game two, that would be four weeks. So, I think, but, honestly, he'll be back maybe by game four. 
So That's you what think, I just think. So you, is the hope, and the hope obviously is that the Clippers stole one of the first two in Phoenix. So there's, I think that, they will. I'm almost like, sure the Clippers are going to steal one in Phoenix. The expectation that is that we will see him in this series. Yep. Yes. Because uh, I, I thought it was going to be at least minimal. Then, we'll see him in round two. And then, but the, see, the thing is, it's like, what do you do if like the Clippers are tied? Like by the time he comes back, it's a tied series, two-two, and whatever rotations they have going are really good. And you just insert Paul George, who hasn't played in four weeks, and now yeah. has to like go up against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Like I don't know. Like I would limit his minutes because sometimes Paul George can be really good, but he can also be a fucking liability. Um, and Tyloo will let him play out the fourth quarter. But I I think Micah is right. Where like the playoffs are a different animal, and I've seen Tyloo make adjustments in the past against the Mavericks in their series, against Utah, even against Phoenix and Western Conference. Like, he makes adjustments in the playoffs. It's just like when you see throughout the season when we have must-win games for seeding or whatever, and he doesn't make adjustments, you're just like, all right, well, what's going on here? Like, so I'm hoping he does. So if he lets Paul George get in for, like, five minutes and he goes for 0 for 8 right away, all right, let's break, let's take him out. Let's put in back Terrence Mann or – Bone Thailand, whoever was getting a scoring prior to his um, return. So we'll see. Um, I think mm. Paul George, if he does come back and we can get past the Suns, I think he'll probably make more of a contribution against the Suns. I mean, against the, excuse me, the Nuggets, but it's, like it's just, right, it's a big yeah. hurdle. KD's that guy, but I've seen Booker KD's choking the playoffs and I've seen Chris Paul choking the playoffs. So, Facts, but now they're, but now they're the other thing with the they Suns. have them together. The Suns are essentially a rolled ankle away from Chris Paul, which seems to happen almost every postseason from yeah, really sinking the ship because outside of Chris Paul, campaign is essentially their only other point guard. And he hasn't really played much this season. He's not a good shooter. You can say the same thing about the Clippers though. And I'll go because if you, you can say the same thing about the Clippers, as far as like, if Kawhi, if Kawhi is one torn ACL away, even though that's a huge injury, sorry. Yeah, but like, if, I mean, if, if Kawhi goes out, who are going to depend on? Much of a chance. The same if, thing can be said about the Bucks. But and, but this is what, hold on. But this is what I'm saying. If, if Kawhi goes out with an injury, right, then you're going to be depending on who. Okay, Westbrook. But Westbrook is very un- unreliable in the playoffs. But then if you look at Westbrook and the rest of the team, you have Nick Batum, you have Terrence Mann, you have Mason Plumley, you have all these players. I still wouldn't pick the Clippers, yo, because it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And look, like I said, I'll go. So Phoenix versus Clippers, 4-5. Um, I'm not going to lie. You, the way you guys have been talking is beginning me think to pick the Clippers. But, again, like I literally just said, the Clippers, it's just, it doesn't work, man. Like, they don't, they do everything they can to make, to be a legitimate organization. And then something always happens. Injuries or some, I don't know, man. So I got Phoenix in six. And I, I know the, the fucking Suns, man, they don't have a bench, bro. But fucking KD, like Steph said, is that dude. And I know he doesn't like him, but KD is fucking... I said that I don't like KD. Oh, my bad. I just think it's unfair for you to criticize Kawhi when, like, KD should receive the same criticisms. I have no issue with KD. I think KD, I, I don't like him for the for him leaving and going to the Warriors, even OKC and going I, to the Warriors. Um, I and I also don't like that. I don't think he's a bus driver. I mean, even, even on this team... He needs like Devin Book, who's an All Star and a prolific scorer, and Chris Ball, yeah. who's in Hall of Famer. You know, Chris Ball's old, bro. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, and I and I look, it's a big three, but it's this, like two and a half. If the Suns okay, can like, make a Suns run, Michael, hold on, Michael, Michael, hold on, Michael, hold on, stop uh, that. I'm, I'm probably Michael and I are probably about to say the same thing. If KD can can will this Suns teams to a championship, he's a bus driver. I won't say anything else because to me, willing this Suns team who's susceptible to choking to past. 
a Clippers, a good Clippers team, pass a good Denver team, pass whoever comes out on the other side of the bracket, whether that's Memphis, Lakers, or the Warriors, and then a Giannis or a Celtics or whoever. I'll, I'll, bro, Katie, you're legitimate to me. Everything else you did at Golden State and going to Brooklyn and looking like a dumbass, like, cool, you did it. But I don't think he's going to do it. You know, everyone's picking him. Do every analyst is picking the Suns right now because everyone just has that faith in KD. Yeah, I'm a little iffy. Yo. I, I don't even want to pick the Suns because, again, even if KD comes back, great. Like he came back already and he played well. I don't know about a week worth, a week's worth of games. Eleven games. Yeah, eleven games. Okay, so two two weeks and then then you go into the playoffs. Like you need cohesion, you need chemistry, and it's the fucking playoffs. And then like. I don't know, man. Josh Okogie in the starting five? Like, what the fuck? And An addition this late has never worked for a team. But it's like KD, man. I hate to say it, man, but it's true. He's one of the most seamless superstars, seamless superstars that I've ever seen, bro. You plug him in and it's like, yeah, it fits. He makes everything fit around him. And then that, those first couple games with the Suns, it's like, holy shit, this is just going to work. But then he went down with the injury and then we, we saw him come back, what, a week and a half ago? So I get what you're saying. And I, I, I literally said it, so I do get it. But, like, even picking the Suns in this series, I'm a little iffy about that because the bench um, and pl- the bench chemistry and there's something else that we haven't really talked about. I think Steph mentioned it. I'm not sure. But fucking DeAndre Ayton, man. Like, number one pick. Zoo could outplay him, and I would not be surprised. That's the problem. Has, That's Zoo the problem. That's the problem. How are you going to let Zubash outplay you, bro? And, okay, Zubach's good, bro. I'm a I'm a ride with with Steph's team, the Clippers, man, and I I got the Clippers in in seven, man. I got Clippers in seven. The fan of me and, has and and, ju- and just be- just because um like Zubac, I and I always tell Stephon, man, because Zubac is was an old Laker, man, when he was young, and and I wish we would have kept him and developed him, but man, dude grabs boards in uh, he's a dog. double double. He's a double double machine, you know, and and easily, you know, and I've seen him whoop on us. Plenty of times, you know, and uh, I, I think the young guys like Terrence, man, they're going to step up, you know, night in, night out in this series. Um, Norman Powell, you know, from UCLA, I think he's going to step up. Bones yeah, Island's going to have his his moment. They, yeah, they all have to, but I feel like they have uh, they're, they have a deeper bench and, and you know, Russell Westbrook's going to be, you know, the pressure's going to be on him and I think he's going to shine. Oh, um, man. Hopefully, just... hopefully, you know, but I think he he knows he knows he's gonna have to to put the team a little bit on his back. So he, I don't think. Yeah, we'll but that's, that wasn't turnover. the point of getting Westbrook, bro. That was not the point of getting Westbrook, and this is exactly what it is now. He has to be the second best player. If Westbrook was the uh, and the reason why I'm talking like but this so adamantly is like because he wants that of now, course this is the fucking Clippers. Of course it would happen he, to the Clippers. He, he, yeah, but, but he Westbrook. Really he, I, I felt like LeBron was was wanting too much out of. I felt like LeBron was a pressure for Russell Westbrook to be successful. Whereas like Kawhi is a little bit more laid back. You know, he could he could actually take no. over a game. You know, it's like not, it's not that Westbrook is running away from the pressure. It's never that. The, the Westbrook know, is going to step into it lovingly. Like he's going to do it willingly. No, but the thing is that he can't do it. I just think Westbrook doesn't play well as a third best player in the team. Like, I think he plays better when he knows he has to be that guy. I think that Lakers trade, because of all the assets the Lakers gave up, a lot of Laker fans didn't want Westbrook. So he already came into a hostile environment with the fans. And of course, Lakers are the biggest franchise in the NBA. They get a lot of media attention. LeBron was talking all this shit before the season started. Like, oh, we're going to win a champion. Keep that same energy. When everyone knew it wasn't going to work. And it didn't work. And it fucking smacked them in the face. Like, they looked really bad. 
Um, and so I think Westbrook coming to the Clippers, the Clipper fans have really embraced him. Um, they've been nothing but supportive and loving for him, even though he's had his ups and downs since the All-Star break. Overall, we support him, and I hope Russell Westbrook does well because I think everyone can agree that we love Russell Westbrook's dog. Like, Back. no matter how his personality is with the media and how dismissive he can be, everyone loves that dog, Westbrook. Everyone Back. supports that, and everyone wants to see that um, version of Westbrook. And I think this playoffs is really his last opportunity to do so. It's going up against KD, his old teammate, and nobody's picking us. Everyone's dismissing this series. It's getting the least amount of media attention because everyone thinks this is going to be a cakewalk for the Suns. So Definitely not. But, yo, that, that's setting that, up. That's that's what gets Westbrook into problems, his dogness, bro, his fucking stubbornness, bro. And now that he's slotted as the second best player because Paul George is out, now his head is gonna get even bigger. And now and you you take what you take what Westbrook gives you, which is yes, a lot of intensity, always gonna be there, always gonna ride for his teammates, but you're also gonna take stupid ass basketball IQ plays, bro. <laughs> Turnover. Well, you know who's gonna, I'm who's gonna stop that? Ty Lue, because Westbrook did that against the Lakers in the most recent game. First quarter, goes off, shooting threes, making layups, driving to the hoop. Second quarter, plays like shit. Second half, Ty Lue sat him most of the second half, and he had Bones Highland, and Bones Highland got up, went off. So if Russell Westbrook starts making stupid turnovers, making bad sh- taking bad shots, I think Ty Lue is going to be the one to be like, all right, Russ, thank you for the 10, 15 points you gave us in the first half. Now chill. Bones, I mean, uh, Eric Gordon, take over. Or be vice versa. He has a terrible first half, and then maybe in the second half he gets a little run and gets hot. It's really it's really going to be on Ty Lue to yeah, kind of I mean, navigate that. We'll see. This is going to be obviously Ty Lue's first time uh, coaching Westbrook, so we'll see how he uses him. Um, all right. I mean, everyone give it a take about the everyone give it a take about the series. Now let's move on to the East Coast. We're going to go 4-5 seed. We're going to go uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Who do you, who do you got? Who do you hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm gonna go first. You're a Knicks fan. So go I'm ahead. not a Knicks yeah. fan. I'm not a Knicks fan. Man, you're a Julius Randle fan now. He's a big Knicks fan. <laughs> no, man. He's post basketball fan. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, man. Yo, the Knicks have sucked forever, bro. The last good season we had prior to the fucking uh, two seasons ago. You know, was... he said we. Did I? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you just said we. Listen, you man. You just said we, bro. Yeah. Fuck. It's okay, you're right. Nah, man. The Knicks, like, they just sucked forever and they broke my heart as a kid. And I can't be a bandwagon fan. So I give that up, bro. But I love to see I love to see them do well. I love to see them succeed. And when the Knicks are in the playoffs, the NBA is better, especially the Lakers, the Knicks. When those two are in the playoffs, then the who? NBA is just better. The, the energy is just better, bro. I don't know. You can you can feel in New it. New York, bro. maybe. And Madison, the Knicks have never Madison. been good in my entire life. And that's a I fact. Remember... That's a fact. That's a fact. And that's why that's why uh, the people in New York, not we, but the people in New York are very excited. Because I know you're gonna get into that. Do you, how do you feel about Josh Hart, man? The the ex Laker going on the going to the Knicks, always, man. I like yeah. I like that pickup. Him I'm, and I'm him his like, old, him and his old teammate. Him yeah, I've always liked Josh Hart. Josh Hart is one of those like he's like Mr. the garbage man. Like, he does everything that the yeah, garbage man does. He just picks up rebounds, loose balls, he mm-hmm. hustles, yeah, and everything needs that. But he also has skill. He could also put the ball on the yeah. floor. He could also attack the rim, and he has a good basketball IQ. Ever since mm-hmm. uh, high he, IQ, yeah, Villanova, yeah. right? Exactly. He played yeah, with yeah, Brunson Villanova. Yeah, yeah, so that's a nice little uh, uh, tag team right there. But yeah, I do like that pickup. But as far as the pick, I'm going, of course, I'm running for the New York Knicks in seven, baby. The Knickerbockers. Let's go. Oh, someone who's not a fan, you're super excited about it. Yeah. Want to know why? <laughs> Want to know why? why? 
Because the what? last time the last time the Knicks got past the first round was uh 2012, 2013, when they ran up against Indiana Pacers and they lost to fucking Hibbert. Paul George. Yeah, whatever. Hey, oh. don't hit on those Pacer teams. Those no, Pacer, Pacer teams are fucking PG was a fucking team in my life. Yeah. It was. No, no, I love those Pacers teams. I love those Pacers teams. And but yeah, and then he had the freak injury, and that kind of that halted his momentum a little bit, even though I still think Paul George would have had the same career as he had right now. That's a story for another day. But yeah, the Knicks and seven man, but it depends. Yo, this Julia, Julius Randle ankle situation is getting me a little nervous. Of course, it would happen with like the last two weeks of the season. Wow. But I think I think he's supposed to be playing in game one. So um, hopefully that's good. But then, of course, your first real game is your first playoff. Like that, he's not going to be himself. You got to wait a couple games. He needs Legit. 30, though. He needs 30. First 30 game. He needs, yeah, he needs to go for at least 25, 30 for them to win. Probably, yeah, because other than Jalen Bru- yeah, other than Julius Randle, like Jalen Brunson could put put up put up points on the board. But what I'm looking for J- Jalen Brunson, I'm just looking for Jalen Brunson to be that that leader that the Knicks have always fucking needed. Jalen Brunson has finally provided that. We have seen that all regular season, but now the lights are on. He has experience in the playoffs. He know like if, when Luca went out last year when he when they were playing Utah, everything fell on Brunson's shoulders. He dropped like a forty a forty piece chicken nugget on them. And now with the Knicks, like this whole season has been on Brunson's back, and he's been a, he's been accepting of the pressure. And now with the playoffs, everybody he knows the pressure is going to be even more. But I really think he's going to come through in the clutch. And yeah, man, I mean Cleveland, like they have, they have a really talented, a really good talented team. But Darius Garland, this is his first time in the playoffs. Evan Mobley's first time in the playoffs. I mean Jared Allen has been in the playoffs. They're a solid team, bro, and I like them. But Donovan Mitchell, man, like he's a he's an all star, but he does he's not a superstar. There's something missing with him to take him to that next level, and I don't think he's going to be able to achieve it. Um, and the Knicks are going to win the series series by just grit and grind. They're going to make it dirty, and yeah, man. So I got Knicks in seven. So man, Cavaliers are low key. Like if I had to pick a dark horse in the Eastern Conference to win, I would give it to the Cavaliers, man. I I like Spider. I like Donovan Mitchell. I like nice. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, like. I think they got some good pieces. Karis LeVert, you know. Who has home field? Or who has Cavs. home court advantage? Cavs. Dude. Cavs? Cavs, yeah. I can see them winning in Madison Square Garden. So I'll say I'll say Cavs in six. And um, I just think Spider Mitchell, he's in he's in another good situation. I think he can lead them past the Knicks. The Knicks have been good. I, I saw, I've seen a couple other games, definitely both games against the Clippers. And I've seen a couple others when they're on national TV. Jalen Brunson is that dude. Like, he should get more respect. And... Um, I think he's a great, great player. I just think Knicks, just like the Clippers, just have some bad juju that they can't seem to shake off. And um, Julius Randle, not a big. What example? What examples do you have? They haven't even had examples. The fact that they've been shit for like the past like thirty years, like. Yeah, but we haven't even gone to the playoffs. They're like the Dallas Cowboys. They just let you down. You have high hopes for them every season. They have a very devoted fan base, one of the largest in the league, but they let you down every year. I do like Josh Hart though, and um, Julius Randle. I just, I just, I don't. I've never seen him be big in big moments. I haven't seen a lot of his games, but a lot of times in yeah. big moments, he's just not big. Yeah, um, he needs to redeem himself from that Atlanta series, and also RJ Barrett. Yeah. RJ Barrett is also gonna have to come through. And he always- what, what is he? Is he a good player? I mean, every time I watch the Knicks, it feels like he's a non-factor, and he's supposed to be like, wasn't he a lottery pick? He's number yeah. three, bro. From yeah, Duke, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, pick. I don't it's, know. Yo, it's a love hate just... dog. It's a love hate. It's a love hate relationship between the Knicks fans and RJ Barrett because like he's a he has a lot of things going against him. Number three pick behind. Zion and John Morant, and then it's RJ mm. Barrett. It's like, okay, like you're supposed to be within the same class, but 
I don't know, man. There's something missing with him. But he's very inconsistent as well. Like, he has some 30-point games, and then he has some games where he's I've just I've never seen shit. a 30-point game from R.J. Barrett. Yeah, he's, like, had, he, he had 30, he had, he's had 30-point games during the regular season. But then he plays, like, dog shit sometimes, man. And then he only fucking goes left. Like, he goes right a little bit more than Julius Randle, which I appreciate. But, like, God damn, bro. Like, everybody knows your fucking scouting report. You're a lefty. Work on your right hand. You're a professional basketball player. I'm gonna take this one's a tough one because you know they're both physical teams. They both play good defense. I think I'm gonna go with with Spit at Mitchell, man. I'm gonna go with uh, with with Donovan, man. I think I think they got a um, they got enough uh, length in the inside to um, guard the paint, you know. And then um, Garland, Garland could could step up a little bit more. Garland's um, tough. Garland's tough. You no, know, he's a, he's a good young player. Um, and then they got they got a cu- couple bench guys. In there too, um, so I'm gonna take them. It's gonna be a good series. I'm, How many games you got? I'm gonna take them in six, like with Stefan. Six, okay. Six from the Cavs. It Michael. sounds like consensus to me. I also have the oh Cavs. fuck you guys. Yeah, well, let me at least give you the wrap. <laughs> My bad. Okay, so the Cavaliers finished with the number one defense in the NBA this season. They nice. also forced teams into the lowest shot quality in the entire league. The New York Knicks are a team that has Julius Randle on it. Julius Randle, among te- among players who are top 30 to 40-ish, might take oh. the most dumbass award. This series could very well come down to him shooting you out of the series, which, by the way, he's a guy who has feasted on bottom 10 defenses and has been the exact opposite against top 10 defenses this year. I'm thinking about the length of Evan Mobley. I'm thinking about Jared Allen as a shot blocker. And unless you get a series where Josh Hart just locks down Donovan Mitchell when they're switching a lot, I would assume he probably starts there and they'll put Brunson and try to hide him on Darius Garland as much as they can. I don't see the route for the Knicks quite as much, especially without home court. Look, I don't consider the Cavs to be any kind of a contender long term because the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, among teams that are top four in either conference, are by far by far the worst clutch team. It's whatever oh, yeah. close games, they seem to fold a lot. But I honestly don't think a lot of these games are going to be that close just because their defense is going to allow them to essentially... You think all the games are going to be like blowouts? I don't really see this as kind of a close series as maybe a lot of people do. I think it'll go six games. And ultimately, okay. I think we're going to get kind of a Donovan Mitchell masterpiece in the garden, which I think would be kind of the biggest fuck you ever to all of the Knicks fans as well as Stephen A. Smith, I guess, <laughs> to close it out. Fact. But I I expect Cleveland to win this series. I think they have less question marks. They have more answers. Again, I think I'm just having these Julius Randle, I guess, nightmares. No, I, yeah, yeah, I get it, man. Of him shooting you out of a series yeah. of dumbass shot attempts. And that's exactly what the Cavs have forced teams to do so much this season, which is Take the worst shot quality. No, 100%. I get it. Julius Randle, he's very, it's, it's, a lo- it's another love-hate relationship. But the thing is, the reason why I'm picking the Knicks is because Julius Randle, when he was playing against Atlanta and they lost in five games, Julius Randle was the, he was the man. He was the guy on the team. Now, he's not the guy on the team. Real basketball has no, Jalen, Jalen Brunson is the guy on the Knicks team. Oh, so absolutely. He, exactly. Not, so. If you- so Randall doesn't have that pressure. Take somebody serious if they would think that Julius Randall is the number one guy on the team. Right. No 
Randall Jalen Brunson's not going to will that team. Like he can't be the only guy. No, hundred percent right? not. hundred percent not. But what I'm saying, but Julius Randall also was not able to do it as himself, but now they both have each other. Julius Randall is going to be, he, he, he still has pressure because he needs to redeem himself from that Atlanta series, but it's not as much pressure as it was going into the Atlanta series. He was, the, he was the main focus of the defense. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they can't say that this time around. They can't just be like, Julius Randle is the main scorer. Let's, let's lock him down. They can't do that because Jalen Brunson could put the ball on the floor. He could, he could put the ball on the hoop. Julius Randle could put the ball on the hoop. R.J. Barrett, whatever, he's inconsistent, but he could, he's, he's skilled. Um, Emmanuel, quickly, how, how, oh, yeah, what about him? Because no. he has to be the X factor, right? He no. has to be the X factor. Yo, quickly is one of the he's one of the better up and coming point guards in the league, man. You got Tyrese Maxey, you got quickly, and like he dropped. I think he had forty points against Boston in the overtime game, maybe about a month ago. Yeah, I seen he that. Did. Game. He, he had was, a career high. Yeah. That was that was out of nowhere, one of the though. Weirder games of Boston's entire season because they went cold at the exact wrong time, and it just became one of their, I mean, pretty much their only weakness, which is when they go cold they go really cold because it just becomes a lot of contested step-back threes. Jason Tatum takes the most contested threes in the entire league, and he yeah. doesn't shoot that good of a percentage on them. That's exactly what happened in that game. Yeah, so we'll see, man. But, I, yeah, I really do think the Knicks are going to pull it out this time. I think it's going to be Knicks and seven. All right, so we're going to move on from the 4-5 to the east, and now we're going to the bottom half of the west bracket. We're going to go 3-6. Very, very interesting uh, series. we got the Sacramento Kings versus the Golden State Warriors. Micah, I'm interested to hear your take. Who you got in this series? I think it's Warriors and six, but I do expect Sacramento to take game one. One of the reasons why a lot of people struggle or a lot of teams struggle against Golden State in the playoffs is because it's almost as if you're playing a different language than the entire NBA. The entire NBA pretty much is high pick and roll with shooters around and a ton of floor spacing. Golden State is kind of the only team in the league that does a completely different offense from top to bottom than every other team because they run a ton of split action. It's a ton of high DHO and they get up and down. But then I also look at Sacramento. They finished as the number one offense in the history of basketball this year. But where this season, where this series turns is the maturity and just the ability to make fewer mistakes. If this series is just every game in the 120s, and both of these teams, by the way, finish top five in pace as well, this could be just an absolute fireworks of an offensive showcase. But at some point, though, this series will kind of slow down. And Sacramento has really only shown the ability to win high-scoring games this season. They finished first in offense, but they're also bottom five in defense. So they're bleeding points like crazy. They don't blow teams out. And I just think at some point their lack of defensive principles is going to cost them because they're going to botch a DHO and Curry is going to get a wide open three and just very simple X's and O's things that decide playoff series are going to cost them at some point. Warriors and six. Warriors but I expect six. the Kings to win game one. Okay. okay Yo, see who you got, one. baby. I got this like like what Micah said, it's gonna be a, a tough series, man. It's it's up there with uh with uh one of the best ones, you know, to start it off. But um man, a key piece for the Warriors, man, if they if they do wanna, you know, finish it out in six or seven is the Andrew Wiggins, man. They need to get him back. Um he's a good, good X Factor piece, you know, both ends of the floor. That's crazy. Um, but it's gonna be a high pace, you know, scoring game, you know, to start us off. 
Um, uh, I like De'Aaron Fox, man, but I got to go with my guy Curry, you know, and, and the Splash Bros. Um, I think they're going to, you know, um, show why they, you know, they could repeat, you know, with that team um, yeah. from back a while back. You know, they're going to have, you know, Draymond, all them, that, that core group back. They just need to get Wiggins healthy because um, that's going to be a, a focal point, you know, if they want to move on, you know, deeper in the playoffs. So I'm going to go. Definitely. Um, I'm gonna go Warriors and um, Warriors and six. I'll go now. You said the word experience, and that is why I'm taking the Warriors in seven. So there's a lot of things going into the series. First and foremost, the Warriors away away record this uh, this season has been absolute dog shit, which is completely worst like, ever. Worst ever weird. by a defending champion. Worst it's weird, ever. exactly, because it's defending champion, and then then we talk about the team itself. You got Steph Curry, you got Clay, you got Draymond. Like they've been through the fucking war so many times, and you're gonna have a you're gonna have the worst away record in NBA season from a defending champion. Like that's fucking weird, man. But playoffs. The, the three-headed monster, they know what it's like. They've been down, they've been down this road a lot of times, so they know what the intensity and everything, how it, how it ramps up. So I do think they're going to be fully prepared. Um, but I still think their road woes are going to continue in the playoffs. For some fucking reason, they're just not going to be able to win on the road, which is why I think they're going to go seven. Um, but if they go seven, that means they would have run won a road playoff game in game seven in the deciding one. Game seven, they're going to win in, in Sacktown. Yeah. Mm. Mike oh. Brown, though, what do you what do you guys feel about Mike Brown, the ex Warriors coach? I think he's he's gonna have a little coach, that's interesting. Chip, chippy that's interesting. too, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, because he, he knows some chip players, on his shoulder. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll he might have something deep in his bag to say. You know what? Look, as we were watching the film and preparing for this series, I was the one who taught the Warriors how to do this action. I know yeah. the kryptonite how to slow it down. But- the Kings have just yeah. been so bad with pretty much every defensive principle. I don't think that they're going to come out and just instantly become a top 10 defense like that. that yeah, no, but they're going to come out like gangbusters, bro. This is the first playoff series in how many years? 16 or some shit? That ar- I was going to call it Arco Arena. That's how old school I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be bumping. But yeah. Um. Oh, and before I move on, it's just De'Aaron Fox. I, can, I, this, I think this is the series I'm going to watch in the first round super intently because I've been wanting to watch De'Aaron Fox in the fucking playoffs forever. From the, from the moment he got drafted, I've always been interested in seeing how his game would um, would grow and especially uh, see him in the playoffs and how his game would change with the slowing down of the playoffs. And yo, he's just, yo, he's, he's insane, bro. He's crazy athletic. And this season, as far as averages, he was like the best clutch player in the, in the NBA, I, be, I think it was, or top five or top three, I'm not sure. But yeah, man, and the teaming up of uh, Sabonis, like I believe they finally have a full season together, and I want to see it come together. And uh, I'm very excited for that first for that first round. Steph, who you got in that series, bro? The Kings have been a great story this season. Uh, my college was about 20 minutes from like west of Sacramento, so I spent a lot of time in Sacramento in college. Um, and that fan base is real. They they have a lot of love for their fans. I mean, for their team. And Sacramento is a is a, is a cool city. Uh, but yeah, I think the Warriors are just are just they're defending national champs. Um, I think the Kings can be a very dangerous team, um, and I think it will go seven. Uh, I think the Warriors definitely split one of those first two games. I don't I don't know if the road woes really. I don't know. I don't know if they experienced it in this series because Sacramento is so close to go, to San Francisco, and I think a lot of the Warriors fans are going to show up. 
Um, so I don't think it's going to be as hostile an environment as opposed to like if the Warriors have to go to Memphis or to Staples or something like that. So I think it will, but I think it will be a close series. I think Sacramento, this is going to be like, cause nobody's picking them. Like nobody's picking the Kings. They've been disrespected all season. You know, even after the all-star break, I thought the Clippers were going to slide into that third seed. Cause I'm like, the Kings are bound to fall off. Like they're bound to fall off. And they didn't, they didn't fall off. So, um, Kings have my respect. But I still think just because Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and Klay Thompson, I yeah, I just think I think in a game seven crunch time, I think the Kings are going to tighten up a bit, and the Warriors are going to take advantage. So I have the Warriors in seven. Bet. All right. So now we're going to move on to the East Coast: Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. Steph, you want to go first, my boy? I got Philly in uh, Philly in uh, five. Not not yeah. much to say. Brooklyn, like. You know, there's been a lot of drama around the team this year. It's 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 great that they made the playoffs. Um, I thought the Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyle, and Kyle Kuzma Twitter beef was pretty interesting recently. I that's mean, hilarious. I, really, that, I mean, that's funny. Yeah. It's, it's like it's mid shitty. versus mid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Brooklyn. They just like the Clippers. They took a big swing and it didn't land, and um, or it didn't hit. And uh, I think I think it'll be a pretty quick series. I think if the Sixers are as real as they are and Joel Embiid is that MVP player, I think they get it done in five. Yo, Steph, I'm going to join you on this because I have the same exact result. I have Philly in five. The only thing I will add is, yes, Joel is that dude. He's he. If they're, they're going to have a successful playoff run, Joel is going to be amazing. But his fucking running mate, James, not showing in the spotlight Harden, bro. And you also got Doc Rivers as the fucking coach. I don't think What's that the first I, round. Exactly. I don't I really don't think it's going to show up in this round because Brooklyn Nets like they got to the playoffs based off of K- Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving obviously. So and they played they played well enough to remain in the sixth spot going into the end of the season. I mean Mikel Bridges like he's been coming on to the, he's been coming onto the scene really hard Cam lately. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, McCam Johnson especially Spencer Dinwiddie, the returns of Brooklyn. Like they're okay. They're, they might get a, yeah, like we said gentlemen sweep. But I'm yo James Harden, bro. If mm, after the Clippers for me, James Harden, you have the most pressure, dog. You better fucking show <laughs> me something, bro, or your ass is gonna get fucking annihilated, dog. Anyway, but it's like, do I'm, they need James Harden? Like, I know we'll probably get into like when the Sixers in the second round, when they, I assume we're all picking Boston, um, and when they play Boston. So I mean, they got Tobias Harris. Uh, they got no, that, they need they got James Harden. Harry, Harry's Maxi. They need Harry's Harden, Maxi. Bro. They need yeah? James Harden. Okay. They need James Harden to be just they do. good. Because okay. James, James Harden is a stud. Now, when he's on, Dario, you know when he's on. He he is he's the James Harden like he was in Houston. When he has them 30-point games, them eight, nine assist games. Because he, he'll, show, he'll show up. I'm telling you, he will show up. Give me examples. Playoffs. Give me examples That's, that he has shown up. I'm, I'm going to just say it's playoffs. Playoffs now. Okay? Hey, Chris loves the L.A. players. He represents for us, baby. Hey, we love the L.A. players, all right? Yo. James Hardy's from L.A., PG from L.A., Russ from Why? L.A. You know, hey, man. You know, we like that. I, I mean, I guess, LA, I guess LA, boys, L.A. boys don't know how to play in the playoffs, man, because James Harden, what happened in that game? Nah, seven don't against, do that. Don't what, do happened, that. what happened to the game seven against the Warriors? Don't do that because Kawhi's an L.A. Like boy. He plays in the playoffs. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, don't Kawhi do that. from L.A., what happened to 3-1 against Denver in the bubble? What happened? Yeah, what happened to him willing a Toronto? an irrelevant Toronto franchise into a championship and going through the gauntlet that was the East with your man Joel Embiid and your man Giannis Antetokounmpo. Come oh on, bro. God. All right, whatever. Don't respect LA boys. Nah, okay, respect, yeah. respect. But going back to James Harden, so game seven against the fucking uh, Warriors when the team went four for 30 or some shit, three points. 
Uh, what happened with Game Six with San Antonio Spurs when it was first the first time? Oh, we saw Kawhi. No, we're, we're not. One James, no, we're on Harden. Oh, James Harden. Oh, okay. I'm, men- I'm mentioning we're going back to those playoff shortcomings. I'm, I'm mentioning exactly the playoffs that James Harden had many occasions as being the guy. The Clippers were up three one, and then the Houston Rockets were coming back with James Harden on the bench, and then that changed the whole series. Like, though, he he has a lot of sorry stuff, but he has a lot of examples. Josh Smith, man, he has a lot of fucking. Oh yeah, examples Josh Smith, like, back in the not, day. He has a lot of examples where he's not he's not it. Being the guy and depending on him to move forward in the playoffs, trying to get your team to the finals, he's not it. And luckily, he's the number two on this team. But even with that, him being the number two, you still need him to show up. And that's where I'm like, I don't know if he'll show up. There'll be some sort of excuse as to why he won't show up. An injury or I don't know, some shit. I don't know, something. But we'll see. Michael, who you got in that series, yo? I don't really have to go too much into it. I'm picking the Sixers. I think it'll go a little bit longer than you guys have. I have it going to six. I think that the heavy switching defense of the Brooklyn Nets can cause problems for pretty much anybody besides Joel Embiid on the Philadelphia 76ers. I I expect the Brooklyn Nets to spam double team him and try to get the ball out of his hands as soon as they possibly can. The Philadelphia 76ers on film are kind of an easy-ish team to figure out because you know pretty much what you're going to get. It's going to be and Embiid high pick and roll. Embiid will be posted up right at the nail on the free throw line. If you send timely doubles from the backside, you can get your hands in those passing lanes. The Sixers will probably get into this. I don't know if on this pod or not. We're almost at two hours here. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> in, in the second round, which Boston is a team that has murdered the Sixers in transition. This The Sixers finished dead last in transition defense in the Eastern Conference. When they miss a shot, their defensive rating on the ensuing possession is also bottom 10 in the NBA this season. So the Brooklyn Nets, if they're able to switch everything on the outside, force essentially colder shooting nights from Tobias Harris, from James Harden, I expect Maxi to still be a problem because he can put his head down and get to the rim as well, mm-hmm. even when shots aren't falling. But this might be a series where Joel averages 40, but he may have to because I still expect the Brooklyn Nets to pose serious matchup problems on the outside, but ultimately I've only talked about the Brooklyn Nets defensive side of things. Offensively, Mikhail Bridges, do we know if he's just a regular season? Nice story. Nice stories don't really translate to the playoffs very often. This will be the first time when he will be walking to the playoffs as the scout that the Sixers have spent all week trying to figure out how to slow down. Does Jalen McDaniels get some more minutes on Mikhail Bridges if he stays hot? But I just don't see enough offensive prowess from Brooklyn to really pose a problem. If Brooklyn were to have Kevin Durant still instead of Cam Johnson or Dorian Finney-Smith, and essentially they were just going to have a matchup nightmare wing problem from – Durant and Bridges killing teams off the dribble. That would be a much different story, but you're not going to upset a team that has an MVP caliber player with Mikhail Bridges, who is going to be fully reliant on pull-up jump shots to beat that team. Like the Sixers get to the free throw line more than any team in the entire league. And Mikhail Bridges is a pull-up jump shooter who still does not know really how to finish at the cup as well as a nice as well as a bigger wing should be able to and I feel I feel, I feel like he's learning also somebody who 
is not really the savvy Jimmy Butler type that can just get to the free throw line when shots aren't falling. But That's I feel true. like I feel like he's learning. He's learning to do all that as being like the lead the lead scorer on the team. Like oh, this, this season, nothing. I totally think Mikael Bridges could come out next season and yeah. be one of the twenty best players in the entire league. Right. If, if he adds to his offensive bag, finding ways to get to the free throw line as well as being a better pick-and-roll ball handler in terms of playmaking for others. Yeah. You could have an entire, like, Kawhi Leonard-level development from basically being just a system mm-hmm. guy with his sons, essentially, to yeah, then get getting his own team and just taking off from there. But from yeah. this series, yeah. I'm picking the Sixers. It's just... Especially what? against fucking Nick Claxton, Joel is gonna fucking eat, yo. Nick Claxton yeah, is a fucking Joel could probably shoot fifteen free throws a game and drop forty. Yeah, yeah. See, now let me, just to piggyback off of um, Micah, um, man, Mikel Bridges, you know, just watching him from from college and his development, you know, he he was just pretty much a, a pure defender, you know, with that could shoot, you know, corner threes and you know um, from up top, but. He's like, like he's like Micah said, he's learning, you know, and I, I feel he could be like a Kevin Durant or a Kawhi Leonard type, you know, once he learns how to drive to the hoop and use his size and his in his lane. Um, because yeah. he, he's already a great defender, you know. Um, but just just overall from Brooklyn, I feel like they have a, a lot of young players, you know, like Cam Johnson and like Dinwiddie and stuff. But I, I don't think they have enough, you know, offensively and uh enough uh big bodies to to hold down uh Embiid. Um yeah, and I no. think and I yeah and I think uh probably Mikel Bridges will probably play pretty often on James Harden, you know, if he has enough energy to um to use. But um I'm gonna take um I'm gonna take Sixers and in, in six. Interesting series. We'll see. So everyone gave gave their picks on the Philly Brooklyn. Now we're gonna move on to the last series of the first round of the Western Conference. And this is where C. Hall shines, baby. We're going to give him the red carpet. The second-seeded Memphis Grizzlies versus the seventh-seeded L.A. Lakers. And C. Hall, go ahead, bro. Red carpet is all yours. Um, This is is another interesting series and one of my favorites, you know, up there with the Kings and the Warriors um, series. I think it's going to be a real dogfight of the series. Um, I think this could, you know, I'm thinking seven. Seven, that's my pick, seven or six. For the Lakers, um, but it's going to be real tough, man. I, I think I don't think we have an answer for Ja. Um, I think uh, Desmond Bain kills us all the time. You know, from the three point range, we're. Um, I was screaming at my the TV screen the other day when we were playing against uh, the Timberwolves, just because how poor our, um, you know, our three point defense is and, and and how lazily we play defense. So it just it all depends on how well we start game one and how we come out and play defense, you know, cause we could put up points um, and, and our bench is going to have to step up. You know, we need Reeves. We need, we need all the young guys to step, to step up night in and night out. I don't think, you know, we know LeBron's going to go for his 25, 30, um, 80 has to step up, um, play defense. We have to be on, on point to, so, so wait, you got, you got Lakers, and you said six or seven. You got to pick one, my boy. I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say seven. It's going to be a long series. I see that. Seven. Right. Tough. Um, man, you know, honestly, before Tuesday night's game, and I think I, I mentioned this in a group chat. Oh, there, yeah, you did, yeah. I had I had the Lakers going to Western Conference Finals. I'm like, you know, defensively, they look good. Um, LeBron James, AD, you know, D'Angelo Russell. I think I think they could make it work. 
Man, after that showing against the the, the Timberwolves, I don't know, yeah. man. I think I think we're all just buying into the hype, and I just think Memphis like they got a lot of young 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 players in that team who can just probably outwork and exhaust the Lakers. It's really gonna take like another heroic like willing uh lebron willing the team to victories every game and i think it's gonna be very tough and i just if it goes to seven games too i don't see the lakers going into memphis hostile environment and getting a win i just don't see it like especially after that showing against minnesota that could be that could be like you know i mean it's a playing game minnesota everyone's fighting for their life so it could be like you know i don't know it could just be a bad showing by the lakers but I've only seen Lakers play like three times since the, since the All Star break. Once was against the was against the Clippers, but the Clippers just obliterated y'all. And then I forgot the other game I saw. But 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 let me um, let me ask a question though, because the t- the Timberwolves is is a tough they're a tough outing, man. We seen them last year against the Grizzlies. Yeah, but they didn't have like they didn't have three of their best players. Nah, see Hall. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of their players, bro. It was Come a bad look. Man, Lakers, like that should have been they, a dominant game. Dominant is a strong word, but, but 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 the Lakers always play down to their competition. We always play like that. It takes us to the to. to they're gonna have to play the end up of the first half. to Memphis, and yeah. and they're they're a cohesive group. And I'm telling you, Luke fucking Kennard is a and he's a three point assassin. And then yeah. I don't know I don't know how he's played against the Lakers on the Grizzlies. But I remember whenever Luke Kennard played against the Lakers and he was on the Clippers, he would just murder y'all. Like he was just like mm-hmm. fucking Reggie Miller out there because so he can't I, cover I, I the know, three. We can't I got Grizzlies. I got man. I want to go Grizzlies in five. I really do. But I got so yeah. much respect for LeBron. I'm gonna go Grizzlies in seven. I that's think in a game seven good. situation, man. hostile environment. I think. I think man, Grizzlies show you up. You counting the Lakers out? What like that? Man, I had him going to the Western Conference Finals. I really did. I I really did. I think because that side of the bracket is so yeah. favorable for the Lakers. The Grizzlies are gonna yeah. be their toughest um, obstacle because I think yeah. with the Warriors. I don't know. I don't know if Warriors are that legitimate yeah, yeah, yeah. this year based on their road wec- record. It's tricky, and we man. Don't know. The West is tricky, yo. Yo, Seahaw, let me yeah. ask you a question, bro. Mm-hmm. Just gut reaction. Try not to think. Gut reaction. Are the Lakers going to the finals? No. Mm. I, I just and that was a quick no too because no, I, yeah, I, it, it was a quick no because that's that's just how I feel, man. I, I just don't. I I watched maybe maybe ten Laker games all year, and it, I still have some you know, thoughts on how we play defense, man. We're supposed to have a defensive head coach, but then we make the same mistakes. You know, we play good, good on good runs, good three game stretches where we play good defense. And then the the next two games will have off horrible defensive games. It it, it starts from the defense with the Lakers, man. That's where it starts. So. Minnesota should have won that game. They lost that game. They should have. Minnesota lost that game. Mm. We were getting we were getting dominated the whole you know the whole game man up until the fourth quarter. So. Yo, Michael, last like five minutes, yeah. Michael, who you got in that series? When it comes to whether or not that was a good or bad showing from the Lakers, I think it was the accurate showing from the Lakers. The Lakers are going to be a team that just wins muddy because since the trade deadline, they've basically been that level of a defense that can flip a switch and then win every time in the half court. They were forcing Ant, like Ant missed every shot, but Ant also was just scared to drive to the rim because that's exactly what the Lakers pose. So if that level of Vanderbilt shows up on Ja Morant, which I would assume that's probably the assignment he gets, maybe he gets Desmond Bain, who knows? It d- depends what they want to do with 
Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. They want to try to hide them. This series against the Grizzlies, this is going to be one of the muddiest series in the entire playoffs. Neither of these two teams are great offensively. Neither of them are great shooting. I expect this to be a spam Darvin Ham series of just Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, even LeBron going under every screen and forcing pull-up shooters like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks to win off of the dribble. Both of them way below the league average in that category. And look, the playoffs are not about your weaknesses. The playoffs are about whether your strengths can overcome those weaknesses. The Memphis Grizzlies are going to be without Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, which is something I don't think anybody's brought up at this point. I expect this to be an Anthony Davis eating series. I expect this to be a Jaron Jackson Jr. and foul trouble series. And I expect this series to go seven just because the Lakers have not really been able to play back-to-back really good games at all. But LeBron James has not been on the losing end of a game seven since he was with the Cavaliers his first time back in 2008. So I will take the Lakers in seven just because I think they'll be able to just win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and be on the winning end of a seven-game series that is, I guess some people might think is really disgusting basketball, but just will be two teams who are undermanned shooting but are also really good at switching and finding ways to cause really tough actions on the defensive end. You could go either way. Look, you could go Anthony Davis is going to eat because Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, they're not going to play. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So that means Adam, yeah, that means Davis is going to go crazy in the paint. But then you could also say Davis might get hurt. You could also say LeBron is fucking 45 years old playing NBA. You could also say D'Angelo Russell is not, is not reliable. You can also yeah. say Darvin Ham is a first-time coach. You can also, it's like, oh, and then, oh, and that's that. And then you could also say, what the fuck is going on with this John Moran situation? Like, okay, he went to rehab for a weekend, and now he's back. That's not going to affect the team. Like, what's going on there? We haven't heard anything. It's just, there's a lot, like, there's just a lot of, like, everything is up in the air. Like, I, there's nothing solid I can, I can gravitate towards and be like, okay, I can trust this. I cannot trust Anthony Davis. Not, not even a lick. I, unfortunately, I can't trust LeBron, man. LeBron, since he's, since he's gotten to the Lakers, I don't think a lot of people have been saying this, but he's been injury prone. The very first season, he fucked up his groin, and I think from there, it's been this injury, that injury. Like, and he's coming off of a really, uh, he's coming off of a foot tendon. He fucked up, and he's playing through it, apparently. So he's not healthy. He's, thir- he's what, 37? Th- I don't know how it is. 38. Yeah, he's 38, 38 bro. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of things going against this team, bro. And the same thing for Memphis. Like, I honestly don't know what team to pick. But obviously, that's what we're here to do. I'm going with Memphis, man. I'm going with Memphis. And the only reason why is because Anthony Davis. I can't trust him, just like I can't trust fucking Kawhi. I just cannot trust Anthony Davis being healthy. I can't I can't trust Anthony Davis being healthy. Great. Yeah, you put up great numbers when you're playing, but when are you playing? And this is the first time, this is the first time since the bubble season that we've actually seen him play what more than 50 games. I don't know, 50, 55, 60. And that was another thing I totally forgot. Their immaturity, like there's Memphis was just immature. Like, Steph, I remember last year you were saying how, like, they really turned you off because they were talking so much smack and they did absolutely nothing to deserve that. And you're right. Like, this year is even more. Dylan Brooks is already saying that he wanted LeBron because he wanted to tarnish his legacy. He wanted to do this and that. It's like, dude, you guys haven't done shit, bro. Like, I, and, yeah, and then that, that translates into the game with, like, decision-making. You guys think you're better than you are and you think you could take these shots over that shot. So I got Memphis in six, though. But... 
if LeBron and the Lake, if the Lakers do win, like I wouldn't be surprised because, like Micah said, they're gonna make it really dirty. They're gonna muddy it out, and then and then the experience is gonna come in with LeBron going to twenty thousand finals, AD winning a championship. So there's that. All right, gentlemen, we're gonna move on to the very last, the very last series that we have left to talk about. We're gonna move on to the number two seed Boston Celtics versus the number seven seed Atlanta Hawks. Man, I got what I had. I had Boston in five, yo. Atlanta's great. I don't know. Trey Young. I don't know what the fuck is going on with that situation. But what's going on? But the real question is, what's going on with Jalen Brown's hand? Is anybody like, what the fuck? I have. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can that. speak to this. I covered. Michael, what up? So prior to game eighty-two, he spoke with the media and basically said that if he needed to play that day, he could. He's fine. Is it a cut? Was it a cut or what it was, was it? A, it was a cut. He had it stitched up. He was essentially out for a week, but by game 82, if he needed to play against Atlanta, he would have. Mm. It was not on his shooting hand, so there is that. It's also, in this series, I don't think it's going to matter. The Atlanta Hawks this season, the team that they had the worst point differential against in all the games that they played against specific teams, Boston was by far their worst. No other team in the Eastern Conference that they have a point differential of worse than seven, and they were a negative 14 per game against Boston. They just have their number. Boston is going to force DeJounte Murray to take 15 mid-range pull-ups every game, and he might make half of them, and still not going to matter. Atlanta does not create enough in the way of three-point shots. They might get hot from Trey Young, but I still... It's really hard for me to think that Atlanta is going to even win one game in this series because mm. they give up so much size at the point of attack. And even when Boston slows things down, it'll probably come down to Jason Tatum matchup hunting with Trey Young. The Celtics get to the free throw line at a really high rate. And what the Hawks did to the Heat, which was spam the offensive glass and really kill them on that front, the Celtics allow the fewest amount of offensive rebounds in the NBA. They're just top to bottom, such a hard team to poke holes at, unless you have a player of a Giannis or Embiid level that can punish a team that may not have Robert Williams available for 30 minutes every night. This is a mismatch, Celtics in four. Ooh, sweet. Seahawks. Yeah. I got Celtics in five, man. Uh, I, I don't... I think all they have is they lost Horder to the Kings, so they only have, like, three players, I feel, that could, you know, put up numbers every night, and that's not enough, you know, with the the Celtics playing high-end defense and Tatum and Jalen Brown on the court. With Brogdon, they just uh, added um, and Smart, so they got got a number of players that could um, contribute to the Celtics. So I think it's going to be a – I think they'll get one game, the Hawks, so I'll say five. Man, I, I really want to go, like, Celtics and six just because, um, I don't know, man. I like Trey. I like Atlanta. I like the I got, I got like the players that they have on that team. But I think I think it would be, like, a Celtics and five. Celtics and five? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Michael six, though. I can see. I can see. Uh, maybe. Um, yo, so we're definitely over two Boston's hours. Boston's due for a letdown. Um, Boston's due for a letdown. They're due for a letdown, but do you really think it would come against a team where they would have absolutely no business losing to? Like, it would be... Look, I know that they don't hang banners. They don't hang banners in Boston for the championship. (laughs) They only hang 
you know, NBA finals banners when they win it all. Yeah, I noticed but at the airport. They, they, might ha- they might have to hang a banner for all-time Boston failure if they were to somehow lose this series. That's crazy. Yo. Yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think it'll be Boston in five. All right, so that was our first round picks. We had a lot of basketball talk, gentlemen. I want to say thank you for joining me, for your picks, for your knowledge, for your basketball IQ, all of the above. Really excited to, to see the results of our first round, and I'm also excited to do another episode to see the other picks that we had going on. But yeah, man, so, Micah, I want to say thank you, and uh, C-Hall, staff. Micah, if you have any, uh, you have any social media stuff that you want to plug real quick? Yeah, sure. You can find my stuff on clnsmedia.com. That's where I cover the Boston Celtics. I also run an NBA Instagram account called the at NBA Interact. You can find some of my stuff there. I am always open to talking about the NBA. It's my favorite league in any sport to cover and always open to talking anything from trade rumors to draft to just shooting the shit when it comes to the playoffs. This is the best time of the year, and I'm so excited. Micah, my guy. Seahole, you got anything to plug, my boy? Um, thank you for having me for the first time on um, the Time Flies podcast. I appreciate it. You know, I can't wait to see how this first round is going to go. Um, you know, it should be interesting, and, and I can't wait for the part two. Let's get it. All right, but Steph, my boy. Uh, you can follow my Instagram at uh, <laughs> Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N underscore Lozano. Um, biggest Clipper fan in the world. Nah, I'm just kidding. That's Clipper Daryl for us. Clipper Let's get, let's get this first season going. Let's get this playoff season going. You're doubting us again. I love it. We're the underdogs. Let's get it. Let's go. We're uh, deeper than the Suns. You kidding me? Like sure. Oh my God. Him. He's going to be hurt before the first game. He's going to go up for a layup and hurt his ankle. So we're good. Yo, you sound just like your brother, which reminds me. Kawhi's about to go off. Kawhi's about to go off, bro. Eric Gordon's going to shoot like 45%. Like, bro, it's about to be be a movie. Yeah. So before. Fuck Devin Booker. Damn, boy. Your bitch right now. Bad Bunny's (laughs) tapping that shit right now. And what are you doing? Oh, my God. (laughs) My boy's wilding. Uh, nah, I will say the yo Kawhi like, like playoff trash talk, man. Hundred percent. It's that time of year. Hundred percent. Yo, I'm making another State Farm say, commercial. Yeah, bitch. Steph, Steph yeah. I will say about Kawhi though. Like I have been watching Kawhi play the last few games and doing well. Nah, he's 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 the Terminator, bro. He's so efficient. Oh, it's playoff <laughs> time. This is why we load manage, baby. For this time right now, this is why we load manage. So it's playoff home. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Too bad he's injury prone and he created load management. He'll anyway. be fine. Don't trip. He'll be fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes the robot has a malfunction. That's true. Facts. Um, it was, if it wasn't for that dirty player on the Utah Jazz who undercut him when he went up for the layup in the playoffs oh, two years that? ago, we'd be yeah. fine. Joe Ingles. It was oh, Joe Ingles? I was going to say that. Yeah, man. Oh. That piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been like a little bit. He's not a dirty player, but he's at, he's had instances where it's like, whoa, what was that? Oh, bro, he undercut him. Joe Ingles is one of the best guys in the league at just getting under people's skin. There's something about that Aussie accent where he, for an entire series against Paul George, he basically just told him that he sucked every single time he would come down the court, and George would just overhear it and turn the ball over. I just, I've never seen anything like it because he's not a very athletic guy. You don't think that he should be able to stick with Paul George at all. Every time they would guard, he would just be clapping his hands and yelling at him, you suck, 
over and over and over again. Another example of why Paul George is not that dude. <laughs> I, I will admit, Paul George, he's easy to he's easy to fuck with mentally. He's easy to rattle. He's easy to rattle. He's easily rattle, man. He's, but when he's, he's yeah, all right, well, when he's on, he's on though. Yeah. All right. Well, ho- hopefully the one of the best pull-up shooters ever. He's like, yeah. he's like essentially a modern version of T Mac, but not quite as good. Mm. Listen, man, I-, I like Paul George as a player. I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see what everybody else sees, and I, I, you don't really have any examples that you can point to me and be like, see, look, he did that. So I heard podcast D- D- wants to do a crossover uh, pod with Time Flies. Yeah, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Let hey, me Dario. go. I will Dario. be there. I will be there, bro. I don't care. I'll yeah, be there. And I'll keep the same energy. And I'll keep the same energy. And I'll keep the same energy, bro. I'll tell everything, bro. I'll be like, yeah, what Dario, happened? Dario, Dario doesn't like none of the LA players, man. No, it's not that I don't like him, bro. It's just like, I don't like people giving all this credit to people who don't deserve it. Like, what the fuck has Paul George done in the playoffs? What, what has he done? Uh, PG for the, for the Pacers. What has KD done on his own? Oh, on his own. Okay, whatever, man. On his own. Even though he... We'll he see. got two finals we'll fucking MVPs, averaging 30 points, averaging 28 points, dog. What the fuck are you talking about? Stop. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson right, right in the background, you know, to clean up any mess that he would make. This is like, there's literally, there's literally nothing I can say to make you change your mind. Just like how there's because no- it's true, bro. It's true. <laughs> you can't go from the best regular season team. I mean, you can't go from losing a seven game series against the best regular season team and just join them the next year and not be criticized, bro. Here, here's like, a the NBA was. <sighs> here's a quick question I have about Dario's take with the Warriors. You obviously are not a Paul George fan. Swap Paul George with Kevin Durant. I still think that Warriors team is pretty much unbeatable. Yes, they would still win the championship. Yeah. They, they would still they, win. They they would. And Paul George might even be the finals MVP. Because he's a two way yeah. player, Dario. That's why he's a two way player, right? What is is Katie still a two way player? Katie's a Katie's a better defender than people give him credit. Way better defender yeah, than people give him credit. I, I don't know if I would say two way player. Make all defense, but Kevin Durant is never the reason why his team lost because of his defensive line. Exactly. He's oh, a yeah. way better defender player than people give him credit for. Now, going back to your question, Michael, honestly, man, I don't have to think about it. I would have to think about it because what about... <laughs> in the 2017, not the 2018 Bro. finals when Irving was not on the team, but in the 2017 finals, do you think that the Cavs would have won that series if Paul George on the team instead of Kevin Durant? 2017, uh, first year. and the, the, That the, was the year when the Warriors had the best net rating in NBA history. And they murdered. I think that was, yeah. And Paul George um, had one of his career years that year as well. Nah, listen, man. I was I would have to think about it because can Paul George. Oh, my Paul, God. You're such a hater. Paul George hit the shots that KD shot in, the, in that series to win the series? Listen, he I, can. He can, but has he has he done it on the bro? Just, he hit him against he hit him against Utah in the playoffs two years ago. All right, he just come on, bro. I think I look. I'm with you. I'm not a huge lover and big believer of, of Paul George. I've definitely seen a lot of his lows, but I've also seen his highs. And like, I think he deserves a little more respect than people give him. I think the bubble was they, a bad name look. me a high. Name me a high. Like I just said, the 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 willing the Clippers passed the number one seeded Utah team in two years ago. And Kawhi got injured. What the second game or third? What game? He got injured game four. Game four. And what? what game what four. Was, do, you, do you remember the series? Was it like two one? It was 2-2. Yeah. Yeah. And PG okay. stepped up. PG he went into Utah. Like, Everyone had yeah, Utah right. beating them after Kawhi, okay. after Kawhi went out. Everyone was okay. like, all right, this is Utah. They're going to take advantage, blah, blah, blah. 
You went into Utah and oh, fuck, I want to say put up like 40 plus, something like that. Oh, he did. You, no, that yeah. was as a Utah fan at the time, and also somebody who was covering them for a writing outlet. It was one of the more infuriating experiences because the Jazz were sending multiple bodies at him and doing everything that you would expect a playoff team to when, you know, they don't have Kawhi to also worry about. And he was still hitting everything. Listen, man, listen, I get it. 2-2 against Utah, and then Kawhi Leonard gets injured. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they did half of the job. Then Paul George just had to win two more games. That sounds really crazy. But two like, playoff games, bro. I get Come it, on, but, but can you give me... dismissing it, only, man. I'm dismissing a little bit. The only example you can give me are those Pacer and Miami Heat series. When he was yeah, he went toe to toe LeBron. Yeah, I'll give him credit for that. And he was a young Paul George. Ever since then, everything has been like it's, there's always been an asterisk with him. But the Utah Bro, it's Jazz, just the right bubble. Now, the bubble got everyone fucked up, man. Yeah. And it's Paul okay, George. man. He had a mental health issue. And, it, and I thought injury, we're accepting Dario? of mental health. Yeah. You know, like we should be supportive of people who come out about their mental health. Paul George was struggling mental health wise in the bubble, and like. He had a I'm bad not, series. I'm not knocking like, him for that. I'm not knocking him for mental health. But, yeah, but everyone mean, knocks him for that, bro. Everyone knocks him. I'm not, I'm not knocking him for that. I'm not Paul George is going to make the Hall of Fame most likely. Facts. But he's also not a player that will be good enough that we'll be talking about 20 years from now and saying, man, like, I'm not going to be telling my kids saying, I can't I believe that you didn't get to watch <laughs> Paul George. Now, that is not something I will ever tell my kids. Yeah. All right. So, all right, gentlemen. Good, but he will likely make the Hall of Fame. All right, essentially, I tried to close this out like 20 minutes ago, but of course, we got <laughs> another conversation. But uh, for Time Flies, you can find all the links in the description for the Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, and I joined the dark side. I joined TikTok, baby. Go follow Time Flies at TikTok. That's how to blow up. I'm trying to blow up, sell these shirts, become rich, and create my own studio, not this like whatever studio I have in right now. But anyway, all the links in the description below. Follow, hit the, hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, and also subscribe to the channel on YouTube. And if you, if you listen to this podcast on any of the podcast streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, make sure you follow, rate, and review the podcast. And um, until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of the Time Flies Podcast. Daryl, don't let the Clippers be KD. Right, don't Lakers, let the Clippers baby, be KD. Time.